welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, and today I am here with the uh, very frightened, hopefully, because we are discussing horrors this month. Brad, how are you doing today, Brad? Uh, I'm very frightened, not because of this anime, but because of Visage. I've been streaming Visage here lately. It's been uh, it's been a time. Ah. Had had tiny ghost child scare the absolute shit out of me. Are you good, fam? I'm good. Just coughing up a storm. Okay, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that to no end. Mm, yeah, it's been super dry and snowy here, so my hands and knuckles have all cracked, my lips are chapped, and my lungs are dying. Because, you know, Canadian weather. Oh, well, you see, I've been outside most of the day. Mm-hmm. Because as I still haven't gotten my COVID results back at time of this recording, I'm not allowed to go back to work. Mm-hmm. So I clean the barn, I scrub the grill clean, I, like, wash the absolute shit out of my truck so now it's nice, bright, white, and shiny. Ooh. So, yeah, that's that's essentially all I've been today. So it was damp, but it was warm, so it was nice. Nice. Yeah, so I'm not complaining. How's How's your day been? My day's been anime-filled. <laughs> I, I watched so much anime today from the second I got up. Literally, while still in bed this morning, um, I knew I had to chug through some anime, so I opened my laptop and pressed play. And that's the first thing I did this morning, like, while my eyes were still bleary. <laughs> and, uh, and I've just been watching anime until literally, like, five minutes ago. Um, so yeah, my, I've been a couch potato all day. I have been tucked up under blankets with a hot water bottle, constant stream of cups of coffee, and yeah, sitting inside inside while it's been snowing outside, just watching all of the anime. See, I feel like I could have went for all the coffee, but as I'm out of coffee and out of groceries at the moment, outside of what Mountain Dew Zeros and Waters I have in the fridge, mm-hmm. it's been a time today. A whole time. I need my results to come back negative tomorrow, so that way I can go grocery shopping. Groceries! Because if not, I'm gonna have to give, like, Apple Pay, Walker, and Bree some money, so they can go get me some fucking groceries. Yeah. I need shit that I can cook, but I can't cook in the house, so I I need shit that I can put on the grill. (laughs) Which, thankfully, aluminum cans I can put on the grill, and meat I can put on the grill, so I'm fine, I just need shit that I can actually put on the grill. Yeah. I could probably use more propane too, but you know, that's that's for future me to worry about. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that you live in a you can grill all round kind of climate. Yeah, that that's that is very true. But also I just got in a plethora of cloak hoodies, including my new Pride cloak hoodie, which is Ooh. nice. Yeah. So yeah, I have enough hoodies to keep me nice and cozy no matter what time of year it is this year. Honestly, this is the most hoodies I think I've ever owned at one time. Yeah, I need to purchase a men's hoodie because uh, my men's sweatshirt that I have has been in the wash a few too many times, and it's not it's not soft on the inside anymore. You know when they like they're really soft on the inside when you first get them, and then after like a hundred washes and you've worn it for like ten years. The insides come all, like, crispy. Mm-hmm. Crispy. Yeah, it's got crispy <laughs> insides now, and I'm like, it's... Ugh. And I love wearing men's hoodies and sweatshirts and stuff, mm-hmm. because they're so much wider in the body, and mm-hmm. the uh, the sleeves are longer. And so it's like they're the same length, but the sleeves are longer. And I appreciate mm. that as a tall person, because <laughs> all of my 
like long sleeves that are designed for females are too short. They're fine in the torso, they're just too short in the sleeves. So So question for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have a because I think Cloak's next drop is gonna be a gaming type drop. Ooh. So would you rather have a cloak hoodie or have me bombard the shit out of you with bits for your birthday? <laughs> Oh god. I'll give you the uh, choice this year. Um uh I I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh I what? Uh <laughs> you know I don't do presents. <laughs> I I, um. I don't care because you of all people should know I've had shit planned all year for your birthday. However, I'm willing to change those plans if you would rather have one of the most comfortable hoodies that I've ever put on. And especially since it's gaming related, I figured it would suit you extremely well. Oh god. Uh I no clue. Oh, uh, I completely distracting you tangent. Um, I was thinking the other day that because um, recently in the city and town that I have been living in, a whole bunch of murals have been popping up all over the walls in like downtown on like Main Street and stuff where they've obviously hired some artists to come around and do some like, it's not so bad kind of murals, you know? So, legal graffiti. Legal graffiti, <laughs> exactly. And it got me thinking to be in like, hey, if I put on a pair of men's jeans and some sneakers and uh, a men's hoodie and I put the hood up and I wore a face mask because it's COVID and I went and I did some graffiti, if they looked at me on the CCTV, on, on yeah, security cameras, they would probably think I was a man. Okay. Because I'm very <laughs> not curvy, <laughs> and uh, I'm tall. Like I'm, I'm five foot nine, nearly five foot ten, which is above average height for a man. Because I think average height for a man is like five foot eight. I need you to stop breaking the meta here, okay? You're sorry. Five foot I'm two. five foot two. Yeah. See, there you go. You stop destroying my meta that I'm sorry, building. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> No, but I was thinking that. I was like, I probably just think I was like a skinny dude. I mean, I'll tell you what. You're allowed to do that if you put the B&B anime logo on the wall. <laughs> no, because I'm like, know who did it. <laughs> but mate, free advertisement. Well, you see, here's the thing, though. No one has to know that it was you. Because obviously, I'm a six foot four, very burly man that's stuck in the U.S. because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's not me. Okay. You're a woman, so therefore, it's not you. Yeah, but no, that's not how that... That's not how that works. But that is how that works. You just said they wouldn't know it was you. You would just look like a skinny dude. I practically am a skinny dude at this point. Mate. (laughs) So listen, about this logo for free advertisement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I was just thinking about it, though. It came into my head, and I was like, huh, I wonder if I could get away with that. Not that I'm saying that you should do crimes, but I think I could get away with it. Incognito crimes. (laughs) Don't do crimes, kids. (laughs) Well, if there are children listening to this, why are you here? I was going to say, this is for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. It's not like there's not a giant E that, depending on the platform you're looking at it on, is either gray or red, mm. saying this shit is explicit for a reason. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, a lot of that is because we choose it to say explicit because we don't want it to be 
we don't want to false advertise what we do here. I obviously can't go a sentence without throwing some sort of explicit out. Yeah. And I'm British. <laughs> but you see, uh-huh. you don't cuss anywhere near as much as I do. No, I know I don't. I used to. I used to swear like an absolute fucking sailor. But then I emigrated to Canada. <laughs> and Canadians don't swear. They like to think that they swear, but they don't swear. And they're not very, yeah, like, so, I don't know, I just ended up censoring myself. But you will notice that I replaced swear words with other words. So where I used to swear back in the day, uh, when I was, like, ten years old, I now, like, substitute it for a different word. And I guess that's why it just humors me so much. Whenever you do go on, like, one of your little sweary rampages. Yeah, whenever the Brit slips out. Yeah, or especially, like, whenever we're not recording. Because I feel like the filter almost immediately goes up the second we do hit the record button. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't I don't understand why either, because obviously I let it fly. It's not a conscious decision. I have a feeling it's probably to do with the whole, like, you know, like, indoor voices, outdoor voices thing that you have programmed into your head when you're small. I have a feeling it's probably something to do with that. It's like when you're talking to people that aren't, like, in your close circle. You kind of put mm. on a, not like a, you put on like a fake version of yourself, because it is still you, it's just a presentable <laughs> version of you. It's like a very toned down yeah. version of yourself. I get that, because that's how I am with a lot of my family. Like, I'm very subdued and whatnot, but around Walker and Bree, mm. I de-censor myself quite a bit more. Yeah. And then... If you hear Tyree and I talk to one another, you would think we hated one another. Mm. And yet that man is literally me. Yeah. That's my best friend. Just, we are literally the same person. Yeah. Well, I'm the same way with the twins. Like, if you went through any of our text conversations, you would genuinely think we were constantly arguing because we never call each other by each other's names. It's always just like, bitch. <laughs> just constantly that's just how we affectionately refer to each other i call my like uh, this is going to sound really bad to north americans specifically um because you guys have a very different dynamic with your parents than i feel like we do in the uk because mm -hmm. i call my mom bitch all the time i call my dad fucker and like all this kinds of stuff because they know that i don't mean it seriously they know that i mean uh -huh. it affectionately and so my parents call us the same way like my dad has a very unfortunate nickname for me that is one that he still uses my dad has a running joke that i'm i'm not kidding this joke has probably lasted over a decade of him telling me that i was born in romania and i was adopted <laughs> like he he at, like you ask him if i'm his kid and he will say no i'm adopted <laughs> I am the spitting image of my father. Like, I look so much like him. It's not even funny. People, random people on the street will come up to me and start talking to me. And then I realize halfway through the conversation, because I'm going through my head being like, just be polite. You'll figure out who they are eventually. You'll know them. And then halfway through the conversation, I f like, they let me know. Oh, yeah, I'm one of your dad's clients. I just put two and two together because you're English and you look like him. And I was like, how did you even, how did you know me? Like, why did you just come up and start? But it's because I look so much like him that he refuses to admit it. You ask him, I was born in Romania, I'm adopted. I look like neither of my parents. Yeah. So I can get mistaken for no one. Actually, it's weird. I get mistaken as 
Walker's dad, my Uncle Brian, I get mistaken as his kid more mm-hmm. than I do either of my own parents' kids. Mm-hmm. Like somebody at work the other day was just like, you must be a Garen. And I was like, yes. How did you know? How, how did you know? Yeah, I don't look very much like my mum at all. I look very much mm-hmm. like my dad, though. My brother looks like my mum. I think that's usually how the dynamics go. Like yeah. the opposite sex will take after one another mm-hmm. more, especially mm-hmm. if there are multiple siblings. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just, that's just kind of how it happens. Mm. Like my dad's got blue eyes. I have gray eyes, but that's because my mum's mum had what is it heterochromia i think that's it where she had a green eye and a gray eye so i got her gray mm-hmm. eye but i wouldn't have got it if my dad didn't have blue eyes but my brother <laughs> and my mom both have hazel eyes oh yeah me my brother and my dad all have the same nose though interesting yeah but my my brother got his facial hair from my mom's side of the family because my brother's got a giant beard um and that's from my mom's side you know it's disappointing what the ability to grow a handlebar runs in the family Yet I have yet to master that art. My mustache fucking sucks. Aw, sad stash. But I have a better beard than anyone else in my family, so mm. am I complaining? No. No. I just shaved my beard today, actually. Nice. Well, I didn't shave it. I trimmed it. I had to I had to knock it down, because should my test results come back negative, I have a wedding that I'm in this weekend, so I gotta look somewhat presentable. Just somewhat. And next week's episode, you'll hear what I did to make my beard look even more presentable. <laughs> Sharpie and that bitch in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, my my brother, yeah, my brother is from my mom's side of the family. I'm from my dad's. Hmm. And then going back to what we were talking about earlier with like, as far as like who we swear with and whatnot, mm. I call my boss at work a bitch. A bitch. Yeah, a bitch. A bitch. Because we've, like, for me, there's a difference in how I use the word. Mm. Like if I use B-E-T-C-H, I'm joking. But if I legitimately call you a bitch, you know you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I absolutely, I agree with you there. Because, yeah, there's a lot of words that you use in, like, an affectionate version and then, like, a not-so-affectionate version. Well, it's, like, most people who know me know that I don't get legitimately angry. Mm-hmm. Like, it takes a lot to, like, set my fuse off. Mm-hmm. So therefore, like, I'm never going to just bring out legitimate swear words and use them in a swearful meaning. Like, that's just not me. And for some reason, I think a lot of that is because if you legitimately piss me off, I'm going to break out my big brain vocabulary. I tend to do that as well. I mean, I I feel like I have a decent vocabulary anyway. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do tend to use more more big words when I get angry. Yeah, it's, I don't really ever feel the urge to break out a larger vocabulary most of the time. Mm. But for some reason, whenever someone starts to get on my nerves and starts to tick me off, that's whenever I want to use it even more. Because Mm. my pride is like, sound smarter than them. Make them feel dumb. Make them feel inferior. (laughs) Uh, My favorite word is repugnant right now. I, I love that word. It's just, it's a good word and I enjoy saying it. You see, I feel like you've been a bad influence on me, because apparently my favorite word here lately has been mate. I blame you for this. <laughs> sure about that, mate? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. I'm I'm very sure. Since I came to North America, I've also picked up using man. Because, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think that's a, a British thing to be like, hey, what's up, man? I feel like that's a very North American thing. But I do that quite a lot. I call you man quite often. 
Yeah, man or dude. Like, yeah. that's the two main things. Like, you and I never refer to each other by our names. No. It's just always man, dude, mate. Yeah. Or half the time, it's not even that. It's just me going, oi. Yeah, you. <laughs> because most of the time, whenever I'm messaging you out of the blue, it's like, oi, check this shit out. Yeah, yeah. No, we have a very, yeah, we have a very, um, yeah, we have we have a cool relationship when it comes to, like, that kind of shit. We don't really take anything seriously. Do you find that you tend to, you feel like you have, like, a stronger resistance to getting angry or, like, you're not as quick to anger because you're a big dude? Do you feel like there was some kind of, like, um, not necessarily, I suppose, yeah, social pressure to, like, not quick to anger because of the fact that you are, like stereotypically supposed to be aggressive no it's like for me i feel more along the lines of my martial arts background has a lot to do with it like it was kind of instilled on me to never get angry and also just because if someone were to ever try to make you angry and try to get into a fight with you it's a lot better to have a clear head than a pissed off one yeah so To me, it just makes more sense to always just have a level head. But for two, it's, I don't know, like I'm not one to ever like to want to have my thoughts clouded or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And that's another reason why I'm glad that I can't drink because I do enjoy whiskey, but I don't like, because the only, the one time I managed to get drunk, I did not enjoy that feeling of like not being able to control Everything I wanted to do. Yeah. So it's just always kind of been my thing of always be in control and always be able to get done what I need to get done. So I don't think it's necessarily the stereotype, but it could be the fact that I'm a big dude as well. Because I know if I get pissed off, I can legitimately hurt someone. Mm-hmm. And the main reason I know that is because my older brothers don't like to fuck with me anymore. Yeah. Because I'm also bigger than anybody else in my family or anybody else that wants to try to mess with me. Yeah. But also, I'm too broken down to want to fight now anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty injured still. I'm I'm just broken. My back, my knee. Like, if I got into a fight, I would immediately regret it the next day. Yeah. It's the main reason why I got out of pro wrestling, because I just, I there were days I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. That probably sounded like a lot of incoherent babbling nonsense. No, it didn't. That made a lot of sense. Like, I've got a lot of big people in my family as well, A eh? My... Like, we're all pretty tall. There's a couple of us that are short, but the vast majority of my family are are around six foot or above six foot. Sorry, my Japanese cousins. (laughs) I was going to say, how does it feel for you to be five foot two around everyone else? Uh, Really? Yeah, no. No, but like my mom is, (laughs) and my mom's five six, and the Mm -hmm. entire family makes fun of her for being really short. Uh, But she's above average height for for a lady. Yeah, because isn't the average female height like five four and a half or five five something like that i think it's smaller in the states than it is in canada i feel like it's five five to five six in canada so my mom's like average or slightly above um whereas in the states i think it's smaller because you have a lot of like i I feel like you got like your latino population tends to shrink down the average right because they tend to be pretty small as of 2016 the average height of american women 20 years old and up is just under five foot four inches yeah But I feel like a lot of that's going to start changing here in the U.S. because a lot of the added stuff to meat and whatnot, I feel like has really affected the way growth 
and whatnot has happened in our country, because I feel like especially male height has drastically went up in the U.S., and it's the same with females as well. Really interesting. Like, a lot of the women that I know around my age and whatnot are, like, 5'6", five, 5'7", five, if not taller. Mm, that's interesting. So, I feel like that's going up. I do know that countries with high dairy and fish diets, um, Scandinavia, for instance, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> country, the country of Scandinavia. <laughs> no, but, like, Scandinavia, for instance, they have a high dairy, they have a high fish diet in general. It, generalization here. Making generalizations. So good for society. Oh, we love those assumptions and generalizations. But they, they tend to be really tall in, in average population. Mm. Um, so maybe that's another thing as well. Is I, I don't know if you guys have been increasing your... I don't know. What what would it be in the in the dairy and fish that would uh, create the height difference? I think it's like steroids and whatnot that are fed to like the chicken and beef here. Mm. I feel like that probably has a lot to do with it because a lot of the meat and whatnot here is packed full of that stuff i mm -hmm. guess just to increase the growth rate of the animals just to kind of keep up with the population we have here mm -hmm. because that of course is how you're gonna have a lot more cheaper meat versus the organic farm raised stuff is expensive as all hell yeah now granted that's more or less the kind of stuff that i buy now like i would much prefer to pay the extra for the organic free range yeah yeah, like for the more humane, I guess, way to look at it. Mm -hmm. But also, as I've grown older and as I worked with a butcher and everything else, it kind of dawned on me, hey, it's more expensive, but it's better quality shit. Yeah. So I, I like to be a picky bitch when it comes to my meat. Like, do not ever go to the grocery store with me whenever I'm picking out steaks. <laughs> We'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I fully understand that because it's, it's the, like, it's the biggest reason why I'm a vegetarian is um, that I really, really, really despise the meat industry. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and the factory produced meat, I think it's, I think it's horrific. And the amount, it's not just the inhumane ways that the animals are kept and killed and the, the steroids and drugs and everything is pumped into the meat. It's also the amount of waste that occurs mm -hmm. because of that and because of the way that, that they're set up and just like the, the fact that they have to be so efficient. I understand that our population is so large that they, you have to have a, a quick turnover just to be able to feed the population. But I I feel like we have the technology to be able to do, uh, to have other options. We're just not choosing those other options because we have a one that is currently working, right? So mm -hmm. why would you change what's broken, what's not broken? But like, it is broken, but we're reliant on it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's like my big thing is that I don't like that. Because that's why I'm a vegetarian. But like, also, like I completely get like local hunters local butchers free range organic people keeping chickens like all of that kind of stuff like i get that like i grew up in the gardens of england my grandma was born on a farm like my my granddad kept rabbits and all that kind of stuff and he slaughtered them himself and like i i understand it i've seen it it's not something that's foreign to me so mm -hmm. i feel like if the meat industry gets its shit together <clears throat> Or I end up being in an area where there are a lot of local farmers and I can, like, invest in that, then I might go back to eating meat, depending on that circumstance. But right now, I don't need to eat meat to survive and be healthy, and I don't need to, like, kill any animals 
to be fine. So that's kind of my option. But like, I'm also not going to judge you for doing what you do because it's your body, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at with it as well. Like vegetarians, vegans, like if you're happy doing whatever it is that you're doing and you're getting the nutrients and everything else that you need, mm-hmm. be my guest. I will not judge anyone for being healthy and doing whatever it is that they need to do. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's your choice. Like as long as you're not putting yourself or those around you in jeopardy, how can I bitch and complain about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like I uh, I have a good friend that tried to go um, vegetarian, but her body can't consume plant iron the same way that she can consume animal iron. Um, mm-hmm. Her body just doesn't absorb it properly. So she has a really, mm-hmm. really hard time and ended up anemic and had to go back to eating meat just because her body wouldn't couldn't handle it and it's like we are omnivores you know we're we're like the way that we function is through eating both so it's not going to be for everybody and it's not going to be healthy for everybody um to be able to do that but for me it is Mm -hmm. so like i'm fine so i I, i'm cool with that i recently heard about this really interesting concept though and i think it's one that i'm going to adapt that's like i think it's called a flexitarian (laughs) basically what it means is that uh, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan And say you go to like a restaurant and um, you order something that is vegetarian or vegan off of the menu and there's a miscommunication with like the waitress or the kitchen or something happens and they present to you food that is not vegan or vegetarian. It's in that moment you choose to eat the food that's in front of you because even if you sent it back to the kitchen, it would just be thrown away creating waste and then they'd have to remake you food and bring that out and that doesn't help anybody. Because it's already made Mm. and served. So you eat what's in front of you during that time so that you're not contributing to the waste, but Mm. you do your best to be like vegan or vegetarian all those other times. It's only when there's like an exception or if like you go around somebody's house and they like don't know that you're vegan or vegetarian or whatever and they serve you meat or something, you eat the meat because otherwise it would just go to waste and then that doesn't help anybody, right? Because it's already purchased. You're not going to change anything from the industry. It's just going to go in the bin if you don't consume it. So it's better to consume it in that point, in that moment, than kick up a fuss and not consume it. And then Mm -hmm. like from there on out, like do your best to stay being vegan or vegetarian. And I thought that was a really smart idea. I think it definitely is, because it makes a lot of sense in its concept of, you know, shit happens. Yeah. But why create waste out of it if it's not truly going to wreck what it is that you're doing? Yeah. Now, if you have some sort of allergy or something like that to what's there, then I get it. Like, if you aren't actually physically able to, but if it's a choice Mm -hmm. to be vegan, vegetarian, or anything like that, and something like that happens, and you're worried about the environmental impact of what could happen from that, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. Like, that's actually a really interesting concept on that. Yeah, well, because, like, I mean, I think anybody that's been vegan or vegetarian for any amount of time, or anybody that's had an allergy and has to have specific food requirements for any amount of time will be able to tell you that life happens and, you know, you are in the drive-thru sometimes and you ask for a Beyond Meat burger and they send you one out and it's not a Beyond Meat burger, it's a regular burger, but they can't take it back and serve it to another customer. So it's just going to go in the bin and you're going to have to get another burger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why not just consume it i mean i also understand that if you haven't eaten meat for a very long time and then you eat meat you might end up with a bad stomach so that also does depend on just how your how like resilient your body is 
because mm-hmm. you know sometimes sometimes when you don't eat one thing for a really long time then you eat it again it doesn't agree with your tummy so again it's like personal you have to adapt everything to yourself mm-hmm. but yeah i think that's something that i'm gonna i'm gonna start picking up on do we have any news what news no no we don't news. have any news no i would i would never bring forth news to a podcast why why the why the fuck would i do oh, that first piece of news if you're american go vote Yes. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yesterday's podcast is coming out after this. Yeah, yeah, yesterday's podcast is coming out on the on Halloween. The one that we recorded yeah. yesterday is coming out on Halloween. Oh, I also forgot to say, we were the, the, we were discussing Tokyo Ghoul today. Uh, yeah, to Tokyo Ghoul. Um, yeah, Tokyo Ghoul. Uh, <laughs> if you're in America, yeah, if you're in American or any other country that's having an election this year. I, I don't know of any other country that's having an election this year, because the only thing in the news right now is the American election. But yeah, if you're an American, November 3rd, that's the day. Get out and vote. Reg- make sure or you're registered. early voting is still available yes. right now, whatever this episode Depending goes on out. Depending on your so again- state, <clears throat> check your rules and regulations. You can find it all online. And if you are voting by mail ballot, make sure that you track the ballot to make sure it gets to where it needs to get to. Because there have been some instances where like, the ballot boxes and stuff have been... Um, hijacked or like things have gotten lost in the mail stuff like that so just make sure you track it online you can do it all uh online just yeah find your your local government websites or whatever they'll have all the information where you need to go yeah let me let me get political for a second because i did this in the last episode but it's coming out after this so i'm gonna do it again just for this one Mm. vote if you want change either at a local state or country wide level vote Because at the end of the day, if you are eligible to vote, every vote matters. So go do your research into whatever platform is going to best represent you and your ideals and go vote for whoever you think has your best interests in mind. So, yeah, go vote. I'm not here to sway you one way or the other. Just whoever has your best interests in mind. Also try and bear in mind that um, just because you're the head of a party might not be someone who you particularly relate to or you particularly like. Doesn't mean that the other members of that political party don't have something that interests you. So if you're looking at the two heads and you're thinking, I don't know what's going on with these two candidates, check out the other people in their party as well because they're going to be making some big decisions too. Not everything comes down to the head candidate, so... Check out the people below if you're not if you if you don't know where to stand or if you don't feel like voting because you don't agree with either. Check out the people on the in the lower people because they're the foundation of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because especially with the system of checks and balances that are in place in the United States, the president is just a figurehead, someone who's speaking on quote unquote behalf of the nation, mm. whereas your state government so your congressmen and women your senators and your house of representatives those are the people that actually for the most part pass the laws and have a major say in what happens within the government so do not just vote for the two main candidates for the election do your research for your local House of Representatives and Senators as well, because mm. that is also going to have a major effect on not only just a state level, but also the laws that get passed within the country as well. Mm. So do your research. Go 
you know, put some thought into it. And yeah. again, just whoever you think is going to have your best interests in mind, go vote. Exactly, exactly. Make sure you mask up and sanitize if you're going out on November 3rd. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on from that. <laughs> news. News. Do we want to start with good news or the low point of the news? Oh, let's get low, low point and then we can end off on a high. Konomi Suzuki, the artist who made the OPs for ReZero, is undergoing vocal surgery. Well, best of luck. So she is going to be out for a couple of months. Yeah, best of luck to her. I hope that everything goes swimmingly. Hopefully so. We wish her all the best, all the positive vibes, all that fun stuff. Yeah, send in those good vibes. But she is slated to again start performing again at the end of January. I think there's an anime convention or something coming up that she's slated to perform at that she said she should be healthy for. That's pretty chill. I feel like an anime convention, she's not going to have to do a full set. Like that's that should be pretty chill. Yeah, so that should be that should be fine. Good way to ease in. Next piece of news. Mm-hmm. Kojima Productions has officially confirmed that it is working on a new project. Ooh. So for those who are unaware, I am a massive fan of Hideo Kojima. Mm-hmm. The Metal Gear Solid series is one of my favorite game franchises of all time. Metal Gear Solid 3 sits as my second favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. It is just a masterful franchise, and Kojima in the tactical espionage stealth game setup, guy's kind of a genius. And with the ending of the Metal Gear Solid series, at least from the perspective of Metal Gear Solid 5, whatever Kojima and Konami had it split, Kojima went off to form his own video game company to where he could actually have the creative freedom and direction that he wanted with the stuff that he was making. Mm -hmm. And so with the success of what Death Stranding was, it was just a matter of time until we got confirmation of what the new game is and or confirmation of a new game being made. And the rumor mill suggests that it's going to be a horror game. Mm And I'm excited. Yeah. Because if it is, I'm going to play the shit out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like, as one of the minds behind PT, which was going to be the next Silent Hill game, and the man who is a massive fan of horror films themselves, I feel like Kojima can craft something that could be one of, if not the best horror games of all time. So I'm excited to see what comes out of or to see what becomes of it. And so even if we're waiting three, four, five years, I don't care. Like, I'm very excited to see what it becomes. Yeah, that is super exciting. Yeah. Next piece of news. I messaged Blue about this beforehand because I did not know this existed. But Kyoto Animation actually has an archery anime called, I think, Sarun. Okay. And it's getting a film. So I just picked this out for the news because it's Kyoto Animation. Oh, I've seen it! This is the one that I was trying to talk to you about! This is the one that I said! Do you remember I said that there was an archery anime and we couldn't find it anywhere? Is that it? Yes, it's this one! It's Sirene. Mate! Yeah! So, what I'm hearing is, is that you had actually seen something that was Kyoto Animation before we covered Violet Evergarden. I had! I didn't even know that I had! It's really good! So, can we just reschedule something from Sports Month and cover that? <laughs> we can't find it anywhere. Same with Baby Steps. I don't think we actually looked it up, because you couldn't think of the name of it. Mate, it's on Crunchy. Is it? Yes. Either way, I've already watched it. 
I've already watched it. It's good. I feel like with it being Kyoto Animation, we have to actually watch it at some point, because that's obviously going to be a masterpiece as far as visuals go. It... Uh, is it? Yeah, I feel like. It came out in 2018, so it was coming out around the time as Violet Evergarden. So obviously it's the same animation team. It's very emotion heavy. Same lines as Violet Evergarden with the way that it tries to make you feel things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's no creepy perverts, so that's great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I remember enjoying it. I can't say it's really good because I didn't review it at the time. I just watched it for fun. I didn't like dissect it to figure out how I really feel about it. But I remember enjoying watching it. Let's just pencil that in for January then. Okay, January. When's the movie coming um, out? uh, I did not look into it. Was it just getting announced? Sometime next year. Either late 2021 or early early 2022? Yeah. Well, that's exciting. We will definitely have to review the movie as soon as it comes out then. Yeah! Yeah! Such excite! Yeah. Now, you know what's even more exciting? Mm Mm-hmm. This past weekend a certain film opened up in theaters in japan yeah do you know what it was why am i thinking that it's that demon slayer Ooh. and here's the reason why it's in the news okay it topped the global charts for this past weekend not just nationally in japan but the global charts not only did it top the global charts it topped japan's number one opening weekend film blew it out of the water by 300 percent jeez the biggest opening weekend a film has ever had in japan was frozen 2 with a total of i think 1.8 billion yen demon slayer in its opening weekend did 4.6 billion yen (gasps) So, or about 44, 44 to $46 million. Jeez. So what you're telling me is that in two weeks' time, we need to be checking out those COVID numbers. Yeah. yeah. Because here's what came out about how Japan was handling this film. Right. For Demon Slayer, and I actually would have covered this on the news had we recorded last week, Japan lifted all of its movie theater restrictions just for that film. So theaters could seat at 100% capacity. Now, people still couldn't eat in the theaters, but they could have drinks. Oh, why would they do that? I mean, I understand why they would do that. It makes them a shit ton of money, and they lost a shit ton of money when the Olympics was canceled. But still... Well, Japan had fully lifted the restrictions or seating restrictions in theaters, but they had not reinstated drinks or eating Mm -hmm. in theaters. But they had lifted seating restrictions. Just as long as you wore a face mask, you could fill up theaters. Mm -hmm. Because they have had like a low set of numbers comparatively to the rest of the world. Yeah. I can kind of see why they would do that. But the face mask thing was still implemented. They still didn't allow food to be brought into theaters, but complete restrictions were lifted just for this weekend, just for this film. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that fully being lifted probably had a lot to do with the mass turnout. Yeah. For the film, but mm-hmm. also how massively that just released. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. Do you know what the film's rated? Probably are, right? I would assume so. Yeah. Because it's Demon Slayer, so yeah. why would it be rated anything less? Mm-hmm. Or I'm assuming for the rest of the world, I think it's like 17 plus. Yeah, 17A. Is how every other country rates things besides us. Yeah. But yeah, it topped the 
opening weekend for Frozen 2, Your Name, Weathering With You. Uh, Makoto Shinkai actually released a press statement on mm-hmm. it as well. Mm-hmm. Like, his actual response was, holy crap, like, that's awesome. Yeah. Nice. I, well, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but still. Like, he was massively impressed with seeing, like, not only just how it blew his creation out of the water, but how in its first day, it tied with Weathering With Use opening weekend sales. Yeah. Because as of Saturday morning, after they had gotten done tallying Friday sales, in its first day, Demon Slayer had done, I think, 1.2 billion yen. Right. So it tied Weathering With You in its opening weekend in one day. Right. I cannot begin to say just how excited I am for this film to come to theaters because it has also officially been confirmed that it has been licensed for a North American release. Right, cool. Projected to be early 2021. We just don't have an actual date or time frame yet. I'm excited. Yeah, it's just going to be. In Singapore, it's only classified as a PG-13. Then again, have you seen some Singapore horror films? Yeah. I have. Shit's crazy. Yeah. And it looks like in, yeah, in like Malaysia, it's being released on the 4th of February, 2021. In Vietnam, the 9th of January. Singapore, it's being released on the 3rd of December. Oh, no, they've they've got two releases in, in Singapore. They've got an NC-16 screening, which is being released on the 19th of November. And then a little bit later, on the 3rd of December, they've got a PG-13 screening. Huh. Yeah, so they must have, like, censored it or something to then be have a double release. And that's why it's taking a, a different, a longer amount of time, because I'm assuming they're going to censor it. Interesting. But yeah, I am, I'm excited, because being an avid Demon Slayer fan, and literally having bought every manga volume to date. It's just making me laugh, though, that they have, um... So you know they change the title of movies depending on where they release them? Uh-huh. In the UK and America, it's Demon Slayer the movie Mugen Train. Uh-huh. In Canada, English title, because Canada is bilingual, French and English. It's in Japanese, uh, Kimitsu no uh, Yaiba, the movie Mugen Train. Uh-huh. So we get the Japanese. And then in Australia, they took out the movie, and Train is also in Japanese. So it's uh, Kimitsu no Yaiba, Mugen, Risha, Hen. Which is the huh. original title. So in Australia, they're releasing it under the original title. In Canada, they're adding in the movie and changing train to English. In the UK and the US, they change the title completely to English. Well, it's weird because the title in the US for the actual anime is Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba. So we get both. You get the redundancy. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't understand the purpose of that. Like you either call it Demon Slayer or you call it Kimetsu no Yaiba. Yeah. It's like when people and say, can I have a, a chai tea? It's like chai is Hindi for tea. Maybe it's just Hindi, its yeah. own special kind of tea. It's just, it's, can I have a tea tea? Chai is but it's, tea. But it's also weird because I guess a lot of it too determines on who you're speaking with mm. as well. Yeah. Because like our children's pastor at church, like he even calls it Kometsu no Yaiba yeah. instead of Demon Slayer. And so only with him will I refer to it that way. Mm. Or it depends on, like, if somebody is having issues, like, trying to remember the name of it. Just because there's a lot of fucking anime that have demon in the name. Yeah. So if somebody's having trouble spitting it out, I'm like, Kimetsu no Yaiba? Yeah. And then you just see light bulb just click. Mm, But it's like, I say Shokugeki no Sama instead of Food Wars. And then I just say, Shokugeki. Shokugeki. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
Do you like that picture I sent you the other day from Tony Kawa? Oh, yeah. Is that not amazing? Uh, speaking of pictures, okay, whilst we were watching Tokyo Ghoul, last I was watching Tokyo Ghoul, uh, there's a character in there that, that uh, reminded me instantly of Lila and Stitch. And so I, I sent a comparison. I went and found pictures of the two of them online, put them in an app to make them side by side, and then sent it to Brad. And yeah. So it was... Uh, Jason. Why am I having trouble? And yeah, Jason, but it's Jumba? Yeah. From Lilo and Stitch. The second yeah. he appeared on screen. Blue <laughs> sent it to me and I was like, you know what? Same energy. I the, get it. The second he appeared on screen, my brain just went, Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> you see, it's weird because the second I saw him, I was like, walking copyright infringement. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's literally Jason Voorhees. Like, it's yeah, just that's the reference. walking copyright infringement. Mm. So, any more news? That's it. That's it. That's it for the news. So in that case, because we're already an hour into this, we've just been chatting away. We have, Mm. but uh, we well knew that going into this. Yeah, we did. We're on that energy today. Just just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, so let me give you some backstory. No wait, we gotta do background first and then backstory. I'm getting all out of out of sorts. You are trying to get way ahead of yourself. I'm getting way ahead of myself. So do we have do but you I guess ha- you're just What? I guess you're just excited to talk about it. I am excited to talk about it. Like I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Uh spoilers. My opinion on this, I had fun. This is a good time. Uh, well, yeah, no, I'm going to say it was a good time. It's not a good time, but it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so if it tells you anything, I was giving Blue shit for the next episode of the podcast with me going above and beyond trying to watch another show that that studio made. Blue goes above and beyond and starts diving straight into season two yeah. of this after she'd already finished what we were supposed to cover. Because <laughs> for me, season one is the peak of what this show is. It just kind of goes downhill from there. Oh. But the way season one leaves off, I understand why you Blue would want to go into season two, you at least to. just to finish the arc. Yeah. Because it stops like three quarters of the way through an arc. Yeah. The lo- the way that the last episode is set up, you're like watching the watch time at the bottom of the bar to be like, how is this? There's not enough time. There's not enough time to explain anything. And you're just still on this one segment and there's not enough time. And it's like, it- could you imagine if they hadn't been renewed for a second season? And that's how they left off. That'd have been great. That'd have been horrible. That'd have been great. Nah. <laughs> Just the outcry from that, that would've yeah. been great. I mean it would have been it would have been intense. But um no, but I I mean, honestly I, though, just because of how it ends, if the show ended there, I would be pleased. Yeah. Because it's a badass ending. It for, is, a, it like, is a just for a ending. season. But um, And we'll get into it whenever we actually discuss it. But that ending is one of my favorite turns in anime of all time. Yeah, it's, it's, uh-huh. Because you're, like, you're watching the show, and, you like, everybody who's been in the anime circle for, like, five minutes knows uh, Kaneki. Like, they, you know the image of him, right? Mm-hmm. So you're watching the show, and the whole time you're waiting for it, right? And I'm not, I'm trying to be vague, so the people who don't know what I'm talking about still don't know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, you're waiting for the thing to happen the whole time you're watching it. And it takes... So long, but it's so good. And it's so, oh, yeah. Such a, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% a, understand why time, so many people cosplay as him at, like, anime conventions. 100% understand. Yeah, now it makes sense because Tokyo Ghoul, at least the first season, 
people are still really fond of the second season as well. For me, I feel like it just doesn't reach the heights of the first season. Mm -hmm. And that's just my opinion. And a lot of that has to do with how far they strayed for the manga. And you can kind of feel that. You can even kind of feel that in the first season with how rushed some of the stuff feels. Mm -hmm. It's an anime adaptation. So what are you going to do? It's just typically what happens. Mm -hmm. But I will say that last arc for season one and even going into season two could have been an entire season's worth of stuff yeah like so much shit happens uh-huh. that last episode or the last two episodes could have been six or seven yeah if the they last, wanted to drag it out that much the last episode not much happens in the sense that i don't know we're getting we're getting way ahead of ourselves we don't i don't want to mm-hmm. say anything because i don't want to spoil anything but just as so you know if you haven't watched it highly recommend super good love it if you like the thriller, the action, the drama, kind of horror, as horror as these kinds of animes tend to be. Like, it's not scary, but it's really good. Absolutely recommend. Already jumping ship on that. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's good. Uh, I don't have anything to add to that, because at this point, if you are an avid anime watcher, you will have heard of Tokyo Ghoul. If this is your first time hearing about it, you're in for a treat, because it's one of the most beloved franchises or newer franchises of anime. Like most big anime fans have at least heard of it or like Blue said, have seen Kaneki just white haired, fully decked out. So also if you know, you know, if you don't know, I want his mask for COVID. Right? Yeah. Like I want to figure out how to get that. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to get I think it's a thing. Yeah. Like I think you can legitimately get that with or without the eye patch. I wanna get one of the ones where it's just like the face mask, like the casual COVID ones. And then I wanna figure out how to like make one because like I really like the um the zip under the chin to be able to keep it so it's always face shaped. Mm -hmm. Like it it, so it's it's not like a flat mask that's wrapped around his head, like it's face shaped and then he has the zip under the chin. And like the those details, I really wanna figure out I wanna make that. Like I wanna build one of those. That would be so fucking cool. Honestly, though, if you can give me one of those cloth versions of that, mm. even with, like, the eye patch, mm. with, like, the zip across the mouth, yeah. that would be cool as shit. Right? Like, I would Freaking love cool. that. Freaking cool. Like, if anybody wants to make one of these, I'll buy it from you. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just because it's badass, it's and it so would cool. make for great cosplay. Yeah. And also, a really cheap cosplay. Yeah. Tattered black shirt. White shorts that are tattered, you get to go barefoot, all you have to do is paint your nails and wear a mask. So easy. Mm. Yeah. Just really cheap cosplay. Really cheap cosplay. I get it. I fully get it. Anyway, background. Who did this thing? Who made it? The manga was written by Shui Ishida. It ran in the Weekly Young Jump magazine, mm-hmm. which... I really hope doesn't mean it's written for kids, because this shit is not for kids. Not for kids. Actually, let me look up a background on it just to, just to see. Weekly Young Jump launched in 1970s. Weekly Japanese Furious. Maybe it means young adult. I don't know. Many of the featured series are known to contain heavy violence and a fair amount of sexual content. So, young adult. I'd say young adult to adult, like that. I don't feel like that should have the name Young as part of it. Like, it could have just been in Shonen Jump, for that matter. Mm. Unless it's directly marketed to young adults and adults, whereas Shonen Jump, if you know anything about anime, you know what Shonen Jump is. Mm. Like, I remember having, like, full Shonen Jump volumes as a kid. Like, I wish I still had those. Mm. Because at this point, I'm sure they'd be worth money. 
But the Shonen Jump volumes were badass because they were like giant fucking magazines with like chapters of manga. So cool. Yeah. I never had that growing up. Missed out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had. That's okay. Now you get to experience everything with the age of the internet. You can read yeah. or find anything that you want to look for. By the way, have you had any more Matrix of the Library come out? Uh, not that I know of. I haven't actually been to the bookstore in a while. And I haven't checked online. Actually, I'm gonna look. It's volume four, I think I want. Then while she's doing that, the original run of the manga ran from September 8, 2011 to September 18th of 2014 for a total of 14 volumes. Which, at this point, that's a shit ton of volumes to come out in three fucking years. Apparently it's already released, but it's not in Canada yet. Go find it online, mate. I know. Although I don't condone pirating. Go find it online. Go find it online. No, I I definitely want to purchase. I'll have to see if there's a copy in the UK that I can get shipped. You can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Um, Because I'm collecting them. And then Volume 5 is coming out next year, June 2021. I wonder if any more SAO Progressive has come out because I need to I need to purchase that and read it because mm. I've had like every volume to date pre-ordered on my phone because mm. it's so good. If you like SAO, fuck SAO, read SAO Progressive mm. or SAO Abridged. Abridged. I really want to send you the first episode on YouTube just to watch it. It's eight minutes. It's worth it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> but anyway, the anime was directed by. Shuhei Morita, and I'm sitting here scrolling to see if he has worked on anything else that is noticeable. Just looks like Tokyo Ghoul and Tokyo Ghoul Root, which is Tokyo Ghoul Season 2. Yeah, Root A. The name of these seasons are weird because it's, some shows are like sort of online one, two, three, or just season two, so on and so forth. Mm. Or you have... Food Wars, which is the first plate, the second plate, the third plate. Mm, like a course. And then you have this one that's Tokyo Ghoul, Tokyo Ghoul Root, Tokyo Ghoul Re. It's just weird. Yeah, I personally am not a huge fan because it means I have to pull up Wikipedia to find out which one came first. I mean, but at this point, you know. That's true. Now but that you're yeah. watching it, mm-hmm. now you know. Yeah. For instance, like, for me, on Crunchyroll, um, I'm not in areas where it's like certain times uh, specific animes, you're not allowed to view them in Canada. Um, they have them on Crunchyroll, and then it goes, oops, sorry, this is not available in your country. And if you don't have a VPN, it sucks to be you. But yeah, because of that, <laughs> specific seasons of certain animes are available to me, but other seasons are not. Um, and Tokyo Ghoul is one of them. I... Got very confused because I didn't know which one. It was all out of sorts. But that's okay. Huh. I just Google it. That is that is interesting. Yeah. The studio that made Tokyo Ghoul is Pierrot. Mm-hmm. I think is how that's pronounced. I don't know. It is an odd name. However, some of its notable works that it has been a part of. Naruto. Bleach. Yu Yu Hakusho. Black Clover. Boruto. It has a track record of some really good anime. And some of the most beloved anime. Mm-hmm. Its original run was from July 4th of 2014 through September 19th of 2014 for a total of 12 episodes. Yeah! Just the first season. We're not going into Root or Re mm-hmm. or any of that. If Blue wants to cover 
Tokyo Ghoul Season 2 down the road. Since we're trying to fill up spots for January right now, I'm game. Yeah. Speaking but of which... I will, I'll let you decide. Yeah, speaking of which, um, to those guys out there who are listening, um, we're not entirely sure as to a theme to do for January. So if you guys have any kind of ideas as to whether or not we should do a theme, or if we should just kind of pick like our favorites or something to start off the year, or like just some season twos, maybe maybe January could just be season two, and we'll do a bunch of season twos for the season ones that we've already covered. Let us know what you think we should do in either those comment sections, in the either the comment section on YouTube, or hit us up on those DMs we are also thinking about doing an instagram poll if we don't get too many comments about it but yeah absolutely let us know um any kind of themes that you want us to cover any specific animes that you want us to cover any uh, sequels or second movies or seasons or whatever of things that we've done if you like a particular studio and we've covered that studio and we said that their works were bad but they have a different anime from that studio that was really good talk talk to us about that as well like basically we just want to hear what you guys want us to cover and you want to want to hear what our opinions are on because i mean Honestly, I don't understand why you guys listen, like, like, or to hear what we talk about anyways, but apparently you do. So, so let us know specifically what you want so that we can start scheduling stuff for the new year because, yeah, we're super excited for what we got coming up. And we want to keep it going. We plan pretty far ahead of time so that we can make sure that everything is, uh, we're getting stuff when it like fresh releases as, as well. So, yeah, fresh releases as well. What do you want us to cover um, as soon as it's all come out for the new year? Because that's a thing. All of the new things are coming out, and when they finish their seasons, we will be able to cover them. So which ones do you want us to cover right off the bat? Well, I hate to break it to you, but the first week of April, I know what we're covering. Mm -hmm. Actually, the first two weeks of April, I know exactly what we're covering. Mm -hmm. ReZero, the end of the second core, and the Promised Neverland season two. Mm -hmm. At bare minimum. Also, depending on whether Dr. Stone is going to be split core or two core. Yeah. We'll have that as well, because that starts up in January. January is going to be fucking massive. Yeah, January is going to be a huge month, and I'm super excited. But anyway, let's get into a background of Tokyo Ghoul now that we have all of the solid information that we need. Tokyo Ghoul is centered around a 19-year-old boy, so if you're crushing on him and you're overage, feel free to do so. He's not a minor. Um, his... <laughs> 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 he's Kaneki Ken and he is a university student he has a best friend as people tend to do um Hide. I know no. right yeah um Hide and they're hanging out in a cafe oh I skipped a bit before they're hanging out in a cafe there's a ghoul attack um shock uh so yeah opening scenes <laughs> no right yeah um there's a ghoul attack um and this ghoul that is uh attacking the area is uh, effectively like glutton you know like the sin like glutton eats a lot and everyone's like focused on this there's a group of people that are like police officers and they're focused on this ghoul and then there's the humans that are just like living their daily lives and then there's other ghouls and they're all focused on this ghoul too and a bunch of stuff happens <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers um, Blue is so excited I'm to talk about really this I'm really excited, I enjoyed this anime a lot And yeah, so then there's like I guess it's like a Ghouls eat, uh, yeah, ghouls eat humans to live That's not a spoiler Like that happens right off the bat They eat the humans to live Humans don't like that, uh -huh. they're like No, we are apex predators, you can't eat us And ghouls are like, we're just We're just ghouls <laughs> <laughs> well some are like we're just ghouls others are like you know we kind of kind of do it to survive and then others are just like i'm a kill to kill ghouls 
Um, and they're fighting. Ghouls. And uh, yeah, it's about Kaneki and his friends and fighting ghouls and making friends, making enemies. There's big weapons that come out of buttholes. <laughs> no, it comes out of the small of their backs. It comes, not out, of, buttholes. It comes out of their backs. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's an action thriller horror. There's no real romance in it. There's like, yeah, there's no real romance in it. Uh, wait, never mind. Yeah. Sorry, my brain jumped to later Tokyo Ghoul. I think it's Tokyo Ghoul Re. I'm gonna shut the fuck up now. Yeah. Uh, no real romance in the first season, at least. It's, yeah, it's just about Kaneki and his friends and working in a cafe, being a university student, ghouls attacking humans, humans attacking ghouls, everyone being on edge, death, blood, fights, gore. What? No. Yeah, I, I. it's really good. It's a good show, but I can't really say much without spoiling something very integral that happens in the first episode. So, before we chuck on the spoiler chicken hats, animation, and more specifically, OP and ED, what did you think? Animation, I thought was really good. I thought it was consistent. I mm. thought that there was a lot of, like, small details that I really liked that they mm -hmm. added in. Just, like, small things that they kept, like, I didn't, it's not, like, a particularly pretty world, you know? No, it's very dark. Yeah. It definitely... But it fits the mood. Oh, it does, for sure. It They paid a lot of attention to detail. Yeah, costume design, A+. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, character design, A+. Super good. There's, like, I there's not, like... Very many, yeah, no, I don't think there's a single character in it that's, like, dull looking. Everyone has something, if they're important to the, the story, if they're not just, like, a background person that's gonna die, they have something that is specifically unique about them as a character. There are so many different characters with really unique features. The creativity that went on in that, in the manga, with the drawing of the characters, because I'm assuming the characters look the same in the manga, mm. um, is insane. But especially with the... Kagunes or the ghouls' powers. Yeah. Like, they're all incredibly unique. Like, a lot of thought went into those because the powers of the ghouls are unique to the individual. So, yeah. they did a great job mm -hmm. with. And then just that like. Together. Just like the people as well. Like, um, what's his face? The guy who made the mask. Mm -hmm. Like, he's super unique looking. And there's so many of them that are just like really like unique looking. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. I liked the animation style. OP, it grew on me. Um, I was talking to Brad about this. Uh, yesterday when we recorded, because he asked me my, what my opinion of the OP was, and I said, I, right now, don't really know how I feel about it, one way or the other. But I said, chances are, though, it's going to grow on me, because I've got that feeling that I'm going to like it the more I listen to it. And I did. I still don't think that it's my favourite OP of all time. I did enjoy it, though. I thought it was good. I liked the ED as well. But yeah, the, uh, the OP was, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I liked the vocals. I thought it was interesting. See, I really liked the vocals on it. The vocalist is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. That dude can hit some highs. He can session. scream. Like it's it's so good. Mm -hmm. And then the animation style on the OP as well is just stunning. Yeah, uh, with like its psychedelic looks. And there is second season OP was a sad face. I can't remember whether it's the OP or the ED, but Glassy Skies. I want to say it's the ED, but I adore that ed mm -hmm. to no end it's so good mm -hmm. but yeah a lot of detail went into the op of the anime that if you're the kind of person who usually skips ops and eds 
you'll miss a lot of it because a lot of the story in this anime is told in the OP. Yeah. And I love it. Like, the show does a phenomenal job, and I'm excited to get through all this because I am very curious, after you review it, how you're actually going to sit down and grade it. Yeah. I've got a number in my head right now. I want to see if it changes towards the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, with the background information all done and the overview of the anime sorted, I'm going to chuck on those spoiler chicken hats, guys. Spoiler chicken hats coming to a... Theater near you. Non-existent is- shop near you. <laughs> Honestly, though, I know what I want now. Mm-hmm. I want an enamel pin of Tills, but with the chicken hat on. That would be adorable. Would that not be fucking adorable? That would be super adorable. I need to draw this up because I would buy all the pins myself. Yeah. So cute. So cute. Okay. Yeah. Episode one. Tragedy. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Do you know that song? Nope. No? Okay. Just me then. Uh, <laughs> tragedy. Um, two teenage boys slash young adults. They're approximately 19 years of age. Well, one of them is 19 years of age. I'm not sure about he did. I don't know how old he is. Um, I'm assuming the same age because they were in the same grade. Are uh, sitting in a cafe. Oh, before that. Forgot about the... <laughs> done this twice now. The ghoul attack. Um, so, you're in the world. You're in some area. I don't know. I assume they're in Tokyo. And... There's a girl who's like, hey, I'm going to eat some faces. And she eats a pile of people. And then she turns around and there's a big dude. And they fight for a while. And then the big dude loses his, is it like a spanner? I never actually got a good look at what it was. Uh, a clamp? It's some kind of clamp, isn't it? Yeah, it's a clamp Wrench. that's made out of, uh, like, it's obviously designed to tear things. Like, it's not just a regular clamp that's meant it's to hold things together. It's a medical one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a handheld vice, in a way. Yeah. And it's later discovered that it's made out of Queen K steel, which is what their, like, back powers are. Yeah. But it's kind of one of those blink-and-you-miss-it type things. So that's why I'm kind of explaining it now. Yeah. Just in case, I don't know if you wrote it down in the later episodes whenever it came across. No, I didn't. Aha, uh-huh. see, big brain. Big brain. Um, yeah, so he, they're fighting, um, and as they're fighting, his clamp thing, his tool, uh, goes flying. And then they separate. Goodbye. Um, and it's just like, yeah, okay, cool. Two ghouls were having to go at each other. Now we're back in the cafe. And yeah, we're here with uh, Kaneki and Hide. And they're like having a good time, being bros, drinking some coffee, uh, talking about girls. And Kaneki is saying that he has a girl that he's got his eye on. He thinks she's really cute and she's a regular of the cafe and they've been talking a few times and he's planning on asking her out on a date and he doesn't really know where to take her and, you know, yada. And Hide's uh, laughing at him and ends up being like, hey, is it that waitress over there? And ends up hitting on the waitress and it's not her. But soon the girl ends up actually coming into the coffee shop at around that time and she goes and sits down at a different table, and he tastes like, good luck, man, and leaves. Um, and she's sitting there with a book, and she starts reading, and Kaneki pulls out his book, and he looks over at her, and there's the books are written by the same author. Ooh, that's common grounds to hold a conversation on, right? Um, so then uh, we find out that the girl is called uh, Rize, and she looks awfully familiar to someone that we have seen in opening scenes of this anime. Ooh. 
Um, and, uh, and they end up going on a date together. Um, and the news has been, the news is like very, like it's a, like it's a consistent, same actually with Demand Wonderland, which is what we discussed yesterday, but is being released on Halloween. Uh, it's like the news is like a consistent report of what's happening during the anime. So if you miss parts of like dialogue between like the police force or the groups or whatever, quite often they have like little segments of catch up with the news that are reporting on the happenings of things. So uh, the storyline can get a little bit complicated. So having that little news broadcast every now and again, I think is really good at helping reaffirm what's happening for a viewer, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And anyway, the news has been reporting in the cafe about the ghoul attack that happened at the top of the skyscraper and all of the bodies that were there. And and they're talking about the police that are going there and, and trying to like sort the situation and catch the ghoul and all that kind of stuff. And Kaneki and Rize go on a date together and he tells her uh, stuff about himself. She tells stuff about her and they have a really good time. They go to the bookstore and it's really cute. And then she says that she's really scared because her house was close by to the recent ghoul attack and he offers to walk her home. And then he ends up sharing more about himself. He explains that he has no parents because anime and... Oh, (gasps) shock! What? A troll? She was secretly the ghoul all along. Big shock. Right? Who would have thought? And then what? What is this? She's attacking him to eat him? And he's like super dead? Wow. Never would have thought about that. Except, oh, there's a giant steel beam that's falling from a skyscraper. And now he's saved. Oops. Maybe not. Because they transplanted her organs into him. Yeah. That all happened. Anime logic. Yeah. Anime logic. We love that. And now he's half ghoul. Food tastes gross, and I have no friends. Want to know on humans? Wait a second. The waitress is also a ghoul. Same with that dude that my best friend knows. Oh, well, at least she, uh, uh, now she's forced me to eat the heart. Or at least, like, yeah, she's forced me to have heart now. Like, in my body, eating it. Literally. Nice. End of episode one. <laughs> you with me? No. <laughs> Okay, let me dissect that a little bit more. Uh, Kaneki goes uh, on a date with her. She's actually a ghoul. She attacks him. Steel beams come down, splat on her. The police come. Oh my god, there was an accident. Take them both. Doctor puts her organs in him. He's now half ghoul, but he can't eat human food now. It tastes gross. That's not good. So he's like, ah, what do I do? And he doesn't call his friend. He doesn't call Hide. He's like, Hide, get away from me. I can't talk to you. He's freaking out. Then he ends up going on a rampage because he's like, I'm really hungry and things smell nice. And as he's going on a rampage, he bumps into um, Hide's senpai and uh, the waitress from the cafe. They are nomin on a human and he's trying to like nom on the human too, but also he doesn't want to nom on a human because he's human. And they end up like having a bit of confrontation. And then senpai leaves and it's just waitress and him. And they're hanging out over a dead body. And Waitress is like, we do find out her name later, but we don't at this point. Or maybe we do. Yeah, we no, you do in the first episode she's introduced. I just didn't yeah, write you it down. Yeah, you know her name is Toka. Yeah, so it's Toka. She grabs the heart from the human body, who's like way dead, and shoves it in his mouth. Because he has to eat human food. Because ghouls can only eat humans, they can't eat other food. It tastes slimy and gross. Um, and he was freaking out about it. But he was really, really hungry. And if he gets too hungry, then the ghoul side is just going to completely take over him. And he's going to go on a mad rampage. And then lots of people are going to die. And it's not going to be cool. So she's like, you got to eat, bud. 
And that's the end of episode one. Your telling of that is hilarious. Because <laughs> it's not at all how that last little interaction went down. Yeah, it's just like, hey, bud, you gotta eat. Um, that's what she's like. She's real smooth and casual about it. She's super nice. She sits him down. They have some coffee. And she's like, hey, bud. Oh, yeah. And her and Hide Senpai are just casually just nomming on a dead yeah. body together. Yeah, they're having that's a great exactly time. how that yeah. went down. Kaneki like just walks over like, hey, can I have a bite? But I don't want a bite. But can I have a bite? And she's just like, here, shove this down your face. Yeah, <laughs> it's super nice. They're best friends. Quickly hit it off. There's no, like, confrontation or, you know. No. No, nothing like Whatever. that. Whatever, that entire scene was confrontation. Yeah, they all just sit down, drink some coffee. There's, like, tablecloths and napkins. Like, it's very civil. So very simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Episode two. So what did you what did you think about the little extra animated chibi bits at the end of the episodes? Did you watch those? I watched a couple of them. I can't say I watched all of them because some of these episodes left on huge cliffhangers and I was like, fuck the chibis and <laughs> and dove into the next episode. But can you blame me? Um No. And... I, actually I can definitely blame you because yeah. it was it's a nice little, you know, icebreaker yeah. moment. It gives you a chance to breathe before you go into the next episode. Nah, I'm impatient. Uh, but I thought they were cute. I did like them. Yeah, the impatient sounds about right. I'm super impatient. I've noticed. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a tad. Uh, <laughs> episode two, incubation. Kaneki tries to spit up the heart. And the waitress, uh, Toka, keeps fighting until, like, they're, they're, like, fighting. They're not, I know what we said previous episode, but they're, shock horror, they're actually not best buds. And, uh, and yeah, she beats the crap out of him. And uh, just as she's about to, like, actually, like, destroy his body, an old gent comes out of the cafe, and he's like, hey, leave him alone. And he ends up inviting him for coffee. And he explains that coffee is the only thing that ghouls can have that tastes the same as it does to humans. He ends up sending Kaneki home with some packaged prime cuts of human. But yeah, uh, Kaneki is like, he's still absolutely refusing to eat it, even though Rize's organs are like projecting herself to him. And he's like getting, I don't know, hallucinations, I guess. Like he's, yeah, he's getting hallucinations of her um, being like, hey, you should eat flesh. Um, He's like, no, I'm human. And she's like, but it tasted though, and that's it, how their their dynamic works. Um, and uh, and just as he's about to like dive into this prepackaged meat, Hine ends up giving him a, a bell, and he's like, "Hey, bud, you're my friend." He ends up going to college, going to school, university, and while he's there, he bumps into uh, Toka and gets beat up. What? No, That's not he true. runs into Hide Senpai, and Kaneki's freaking out, but he's just like, no, no, just just stay calm. And Hide's like, oh, I need these books. And so yeah. Hide Senpai is just like, oh, okay, here, let me just follow me to my house. And then they take them down the sketchy alleyway, and then Hide Senpai just fucking yeets Hide with his foot. And just kicks his ass down a fucking alleyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Kaneki's like, the fuck's going the on? Fuck's and going then on. dude just whips the shit out of Kaneki too. Yeah. Because Kaneki's like, I don't want to be a ghoul. And then gets his ass kicked for I don't want to be a ghoul. 
Kaneki is a whiny little bitch. Um, I read my notes wrong. That's why. <laughs> Don't worry. I got you caught up all the way to the point you where did. they're in the alleyway. They're in the You're alleyway welcome. now. And um, while they're like having a good time beating each other up, because, you know, that's fun. Kaneki is like on the ground. Ah, Hide is going to be eaten and he's currently stepping on his face. Ah, he decides that it's about time to whip out his fancy tail feathers and beat the crap out of Nushiki. And then his hummy, his hummy, his hungry tummy is what I was going to say, but it came out as hummy. <laughs> his hungry tummy starts a gurgling and uh, goes all like, hey, here it looks pretty darn tasty, don't you think? Rise visions just come out yeah. again. <laughs> and... Risei's just like, oh, if anybody should eat your best friend, shouldn't it be you? Right. But just kidding, because Toka was, like, there and she was like, nah, stop it. That's what she said. She just calmly went up to him and patted him on the back and was like, hey, you should probably not do this. (laughs) So, here's a thought. Yeah. You say there's no romance, but Toka's being a little creepy stalker, just a little bit. Just a little, just a little bit. Because, I mean, once... It's coincidence. Twice of right place, right time. Not so much. Uh, happens three times, because church. Well, I mean, that was kind of, that was to be expected. Yeah, but she still followed him. But we weren't to that point yet. But just okay, just let me make my point, okay, and then I can further make my point down the line. Okay, fine, she stalks. But I take it all back. <laughs> 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 just jump cut. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. Um, Episode three. <laughs> not quite. Uh, old man feeds him in his sleep. And Hide overhears that conversation. But does he overhear the conversation? He does. He had his eyes closed open. But did he overhear the conversation? He the, we all know he overheard the conversation. He heard the conversation. Did, did, did he overhear yes, the he conversation? Did. did he over? Because it's, it's never mentioned. Did he, did he actually overhear I, the conversation? He fully knows. Overheard. But, 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 but does he? But he did, though. But, guarantee but it. I guarantee I gosh darn guarantee it. Okay, that's too far. <laughs> it's one thing to try to make your point, but to insult me <laughs> and my accent while you're at it, that's too far. No, no. I don't have to put up with this. I think it's just I far can enough. go to bed. <sighs> anyway. Um, yeah, so anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, he wakes up, Kaneki wakes up back at the cafe, and the old man basically talks to him, he's like, hey, uh, cause he's like, I'm all alone, like, I'm not cool, and I'm not human, and I'm all by myself, uh, the old man's like, hey, dude, you got the best of both worlds, so pull out of Montana, Miley Cyrus, your ass, like, it's a good time, and, yeah, and then Hide is okay, he survived, and then, what? uh, just as, no. yeah, just as they're, like, leaving and they close the door to the room, he, like, opens his little eyesies and it's, like, did he over here? And he totally did over here. Like, that's, f- yeah, he overheard. Episode three. Dove. Toka. <gasps> like the bird? Like the bird. Toka tells Kaneki that if Hide ever finds out about them being ghouls, she'll kill him. Oops, he already knows. The special <laughs> police ghoul hunting unit is on their ass. With, and they're called doves, like the people in that unit are called doves. They're uh, eyeballs, I called him for a long time. What did I actually wrote his name down at some point, but like he's just eyeballs for a good part of my- Mr. Motto? Motto, yeah. <laughs> my notes, it's just eyeballs. Um, he's fucked, dude. Like he's, he's, uh, yeah. But- The dude- His- What? But Stitches, though. Hmm? 
Stitches. So, but Stitches, though. Stitches is also fucked. I, I feel like Stitches is more fucked, especially considering Stitches is a child. Yeah. And supposedly human. <laughs> Just, like, stitched to themselves for funsies. Anime tropes. Anime tropes. <laughs> um, Jason, dude with the tool, uh, he wants <laughs> to... <laughs> I guess my brain's the one that's in the gutter tonight. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he wants his tool back. <laughs> So, he goes to find a ghoul doc to be able to get another one. Wife and daughter of the doc are like, oh my god, scary dude. So they yeet themselves out of his office and they go and stay at the cafe. Kedeki and Toka go to get a mask for him because they like have a uh, rule, I guess, that you want to have a mask on when you're facing doves because if they see your face, not a good sign. So they go and they have like a special dude, a dude who makes masks and they go and get them. Um, so they go to the shop owner, and uh, he's great. He's one of my favorite characters. He's cool. I actually wrote his name down at some point. At some point, I wrote his name down. Who's name down? Shop dude. Shop owner. Yuta. Yuta? Uta. Uta. He's great. And he is starting the production of making uh, Kenneke's mask. He wants to help be a productive member of their group because like everyone else is like a thing that they do. So, like he's now working at the cafe, but like he wants to actually be like a uh, an effective member of their group now that he's a ghoul with them. And then he starts getting to know Hinaka? 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 Hinami? Hinami. And he starts like hanging out with Hinami and the teacher know to read all of the 10,000 different types of kanji. And they're having a good bonding time and it's cute. And then at the very end of the episode, a fancy pink and purple dude enters their cafe stage right. Thought it was stage left. Okay, fine. Stage left then. <laughs> yeah, and we're introduced. I guess it depends on what side of the coffee bar you're on. That's true. I think it would have been, it would have been stage left. It's all a matter of perspective. It was stage left. He enters the cafe stage left. You were correct. Aha! Uh, episode four, <laughs> Supper. Kaneki! Oh my god, Supper. Oh my god, Supper. Um, he's told to stay away from the gourmet ghoul, um, Shu Tsukiyama, because he's one of the pests of 20th Ward. So, you know how in like, most animes, shit's separated by districts? Instead of districts, we have wards in this one. Uh, he's one of the pests of the 20th Ward. He has taken an interest in Kaneki's scent, though, uh, because he smells awful unique. He didn't he didn't smell fully like a human, but he also didn't smell like a ghoul, and he's got a female ghoul scent, even though he's a dude. What's going on with all that jazz? And so he's like, I'm going to be best buds. Um, even though Kaneki is like, was told, Mm-mm, stay away from him. He's real weird. But... Tsukiyama goes to his university and they end up bonding over a love of books and uh, their mutual connection with Riza. And Kaneki ignores the warning because that's such a good idea in a horror anime. In horror in general, you know, it's a fantastic idea to get a warning and then just ignore it and agrees to go to coffee with him. Um, you know what that just made me think of? What? So again, Tokyo Ghoul in six minutes or whatever the title of that is. It's just Kaneki's mom going, Now, Kaneki, dear, what did mama tell you about taking candy from strangers? Yes! Yes. And then it cuts to the next scene of them in the arena, and it's Kaneki just going, Mom, you lied to me! (laughs) Honestly, though. (laughs) Accurate. 
Um, <laughs> it's just the way you phrased that. It just made me think of it. And I was just over here dying to myself. Uh, so I had to share. <laughs> After you finish season two, I'll send you that video because it goes into season mm-hmm. two. It's like the first three minutes are season one and the last three minutes are season two. So I can't send it to you yet, but I have a feeling you're going to get an absolute kick out of it once you actually get finished with it. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. I'm, I I want to just keep watching it. Do you know what I'm going to be doing right after we record? I'm going to finish season two. Um, <laughs> what? No, what? I never would have no, guessed. Who'd have sunk? Yeah. Anyways, so he's like, yeah, we're going to go have coffee. It'll be a fun time. I'll meet you again another day. Um, and, but before, though, he goes to go on his coffee date, he is working his shift at the cafe, and then the old man's like, hey, you cool, you you done your shift, you can wrap up, go home. Um, and then he goes, oh, just kidding, Yomo, who is fucking cool, like, that dude is, like, he's sick, wants to, uh, meet up with you, so go hang out with him in the basement, or, like, in a parking lot, empty parking garage or something, go hang out with him. And so, he goes outside, and then he gets the crap beaten out of him. Because Yomo is going to begin training him in the evenings after work so that he's able to fight and to be able to defend himself and stuff with, like, the doves and other ghouls and stuff like that. What? What? He needs to fight? No. Uh, Who needs to fight? Nobody needs to fight. Especially not an anime. And uh, (laughs) after their training session, he takes him to a bar where they end up meeting with Itori and Uta. And Uta is the guy who's making his mask. Um, Yeah, and Itori is the owner of the bar. Eatery tells him that there are rumors that the steel beams falling from the skyscraper weren't an accident and that someone was sighted on the roof. She also tells him that one-eyed ghouls are, like, super rare and uh, ghouls and humans have a really hard time conceiving babies together. So they're, like, really, like, unusual and, yeah, if you see, like, a one-eyed ghoul, it's very, very unique. Um, So kind of keep that under wraps kind of thing, you know? And soon, Kaneki ends up going on its date. Going on his coffee date. Um, but then, oh, shock horror. Tsukiyama is, like, a little bit, like, strange. And, like, acting <clears throat> weird. What? And then, what's this? Oh, he's been tricked into going into a giant Colosseum-style death arena? Ah, that's strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> on, oh my god, wait. In the Colosseum, there's, like, a big old dude who's, like aggressive and wants to kill him wow but also a child wow like what is this madness anime anime and just as he's about to die he's been drugged by the way that's another thing he got drugged and then uh he's about to die Uh, oh no just kidding i'm actually a one-eyed ghoul wait one second Tsukiyama, who likes really like luxury type gourmet things is like wait a second i don't want to share him anymore i want him all to myself so we're gonna stop the fight. I'm gonna splatter big old baby to everybody else. So they can nom on him. I'm gonna just go up to <laughs> to go up to uh, Kaneki and be like, "Hey, bud. Uh, just kidding. This was all a joke. It's just a prank. It's just a man. prank, it's bro. Just a prank. It's a social experiment, dude. <laughs> um, it's the most fucked prank I've ever seen in my uh, entire life. Yeah. Like, you know, it's whatever." Mm-hmm. Man, ghouls, they know how to party. Right, yeah, they're like, what are we going to do? We're going to drink some coffee, uh, some human blood, burst a couple people into a thousand pieces, and then prank our best friends by putting them into giant death arenas. Fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds just like your regular college party, right? Saturday (laughs) night. Episode five, scars. So before we go into this episode, who do you ship Kaneki with the most? Funnily enough, 
kind of no one. He's, I feel like he's kind of like a, a free bird. He can... Free bird! Yeah, he can fly. Because fun, <clears throat> like, I really think that Toka and Amon would be a cute couple. Hmm. Don't you think? Because they're both so set no. in their ways that they have that, like, uh, black and white appeal, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I have to say no on that one. Yeah. Just because I guess my thoughts on the future are... I, I can't see the future yet, so... <laughs> yeah, so I see the future, but I'm still with, like, Kaneki and Rize, because they're just complete polar opposites. So had she not got mega smooshed... I was gonna say, she's extra know, dead. Just mega smooshed. Yeah. I don't know. Could could, could be, like, a weird psychedelic I mean, head relationship. I mean, there's, I there's know. one <laughs> heck of a bromance... In Kanaki and Hide. Or Kanaki and Shu. Yeah, in Sugiyama, yeah. Or Kanaki and Jason, for that matter. That's a that's an interesting duo right there. Mm. Kanaki <laughs> Kanaki gets around. He does. It, it seems like everyone just wants to just wants a piece of Kanaki. Literally Kaneki. and metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> He's one tasty dude, apparently. I mean, obviously, everybody took a nom out of yeah. him at some point during this season. Episode five. Episode five. He wakes up Is back in the cafe because, four? like, what? What? Okay. He goes back to the cafe? Yeah. What? No. Yeah, he does. He wakes up on the bench. What? Yeah. No. What? what? And I love how they're that just like... to be a common theme. They're just like, hey, good morning. Ohio. Ohio. And Toker is feeling ill. So Kanaki goes to check on her and her friend has actually come around to deliver some stew and she forces it down because she wants to be a good friend and like eat the food, even though she can't eat human food and it's really bad for her system. But she's like, I'm going to, she made it for me, so I'm going to eat it. To be honest, if I was her friend, I would want her to give it to someone who would enjoy it. Like I wouldn't want her to eat it if she thought it was gross. I'd be like, no. Well, it's. Go give it to. It's because her friend doesn't know that Toka's No, I know. But like. Toka acts like like she enjoys it. But even if. I didn't know. Like, I would be mad at them for eating it. <laughs> like, if I then found out that they had spent, like, years eating food that they hated of mine, I'd be like, bitch, why didn't you give it to somebody else? That's a waste of food. Well, she doesn't know. I know, but I still would be mad. But you wouldn't know. I would still expect them to do better than that. But she does a good job of lying. Even if she does the best job of lying, she still did it. So? So I'd still be mad at her. It's not like you're ever going to find out. It doesn't matter if I find out or not. I wouldn't want her to do it in in the first place. But they don't want to hurt your feelings. No, but that would, like, if I'm delivering also, something, just, if I'm just, giving you something the and then per- closing the door and I'm not going to see you eat it. Yeah, but the person you're feeding is a ghoul. So that's no true determination of whether your food is actually good No, or bad. I know, but I would want them to give that food to someone who can eat that food. So go find some hobo somewhere who needs to eat and give it to them. Well, I mean, Toka could have done that, but... Toka wanted to like the food. Yeah, but she ain't gonna. <laughs> this is the thing, though. That's I would still be mad at her. With it. She wants to eat no, it. No, I'd still be mad at her. I'd be like, no. Why? She wants to. No, mad. Angry. Why? Because. You're being unreasonable I'm here. not being unreasonable. That's a waste of food. <laughs> no, My friends should know it, so that I don't like waste. It's why I'm a vegetarian. No, it's not a waste. It gets eaten. No, so but it doesn't waste. get digested. It doesn't do her any good. In fact, it does her harm. And I don't want to be a friend that causes my friend harm because she feels obligated to eat my cooking. That makes me she mad. She obligated. She wants to. No, I disagree. I disagree and I'd be so mad at her. <laughs> I just, I, I don't understand. Mm-mm. 
disagree. I, I figured you would relate more with Toka here. No, I don't. Like, out of anyone. I don't. I, I'm angry with her. She, for... she just wants to be human. So, therefore, she wants to do human things. Yeah, but that she, sometimes you just gotta like face she, reality. She is real boy. She wants to go skateboards. <laughs> and she was a skater boy. Just let her no. go do If she was my friend, but, I would be mad at her. But you couldn't be mad at her because you'll never find out. It doesn't matter. She should know me better because she would know that if I did know that I would be mad at her. How could you be mad? How could you be mad if you'll never know? I'd be mad. (laughs) I'm mad right now (laughs) of just thinking about it. Thinking if I had a friend that did that. No, I think you're just mad because I'm sitting here just pestering this shit out of you over it. (laughs) If I had a friend that did that, I would be mad at them because I'm mad at the idea of it. But you wouldn't be mad at them because you would never know. Fuck (laughs) you. No, sit in the corner. I'm done with you. <laughs> you can't make me. This is just as much mine as it is yours. No, it's not. I'm taking over. It's done. <laughs> ah. I have a say in this. I have all the passwords. <laughs> but you're a butt. You're a big old butt with a capital B. Oh. Ugh. You don't see me insulting you. Because I'm precious. <laughs> Okay, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're a butt. Episode five. Scars. He wakes up back at the cafe. Toga's ill. Friend delivers food. Fuck the friend. Tsukiyama. What? Not the friend. Fuck him. I'm not doing this again. We're done with this conversation. Tsukiyama wants the perfect setting to devour Kaneki. Kaneki walks home, bumps into Nishiki, who is getting beaten up by ghoul thugs. And he's really weak because of not eating due to the injury that Kaneki inflicted on him when he was going to eat Hide. So he takes Nishiki back to his flat, where uh, he discovers that he's got a human girlfriend. While Nishiki is resting, Kaneki and Kimi, his human girlfriend, talk... And Kaneki promises to do what he can to help um, Nishiki with food and getting on the right track, not killing humans, that kind of stuff. Oh, because we also discovered with Yomo previously in some other episode that the way that the cafe gets food is... uh, I suppose I should put a trigger warning out there for this. Trigger warning, mental health, gore, blood, death, assault, torture, etc. I'll put that at some point. I'll edit that somewhere. You'll fix it in post. Yeah. Yeah, so they've been getting meat because there's like a couple of spots around them that have a high rate of suicide. And so they've been collecting the bodies from those uh, victims of suicide and using those ones to feed the the people at the cafe. I also assume they have other avenues as well because I don't think that would necessarily feed them completely. So they probably have like other ways to get people that have already passed rather than hunting new people, right? I would assume yeah. so. Yeah. Um, like maybe they have somebody in a morgue. Something like so that. people that have naturally passed away, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But also, I would say, since it's in Tokyo, and with the, what was the average suicide rate of Japan at the time? Yeah. With the way everything would have been set up. It's a pretty high. I mean, and not only just with that, but if you also take into account the fact that ghouls only have to eat once a month. Yeah. I would say what they're doing is honestly fine. Mm-hmm. 
Like, they could probably sustain just off what they're doing, but I would say having somebody at a hospital or something like that as well would probably be it. But it's also never stated, like, how many people al actually has, mm-hmm. like, amongst their group. Yeah. Like, you assume that there's more than what they have. Yeah, that are living just in Just never that. fully explained. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure that they have, like, regulars that come into the <clears> cafe <throat> as opposed to just the people that are living in the apartment and working at the cafe, which is what the lives that we're following. Those sugar cubes, man. Those sugar cubes. Um, Not sugar cubes, brain cubes. <laughs> yeah, so he promises that he's going to do what he can to help with the Nishiki. And so he runs on back to the cafe to try and get some flesh so that then he can go back and give it to him so he can heal up and then try and persuade him to to work at the cafe or whatever. And when he goes, a note, though, and a rose is dropped off at the sliding glass doors of the cafe. And it's from, uh, it's from Tsukiyama, uh, saying that he took Kimi, or the woman who was at, he was at the park with, and um, he is invited for dinner. Nishiki shows up when he realizes that Kimi hasn't returned home. So he actually appears at the cafe at the same time. And the two of them go to the the location on the note, which just so happens to be a church. Even though Nishiki is basically already dead, like he's not doing well because he's still not recovered from the injury and that he was just beaten up and like he's not doing well, but they go anyway. They attempt to fight him, but he's like way too strong. Like if Nishiki was full health, he wouldn't be as strong as him, but he would have held up like a, a decent fight, weakened him at least. Um, but yeah, Nishiki is not doing well, and um, Kaneki is basically human, like with his abilities at this point. But Toka, it's okay because she was hiding in the rafters, so she's like, "Ah, oh, no, I'm just gonna jump down from the ceiling and hang out with you guys." And uh, she's able to put up much better of a fight. But she was weakened though, like because of the human food that she ate previously. Yeah, it's not going well. The backstory of Kimi and Nishiki happens. You get to know how they, their romance happened between a human and a ghoul. And uh, Toka bites Kaneki, and the real fight begins. See, nom, nom, everybody nom. just wants to take a bite out of Kaneki. just want to have a bite out of Kaneki. Episode 6, Cloudburst. The fight continues, and now Toka is a badass. Does she have one wing, or does it, like... Does she ever have two wings? Because sometimes it looks like she has two wings, but most of the time it looks like she only has one wing. I think it's like one and a yeah, half one and a wings. Because I think her brother mentions later on in the season, like she'll never be able to fly with the wings that she has. Yeah. And I think it's just because one is small and the other is full size. Yeah. She, with the help of an almost dead Nishiki, managed to dismember Shu and they incapacitate him. He's borderline dead. For both Nishiki and Shu, you think that they're dead, but they're not actually dead. Girls are really hard to kill. I didn't think either of them were really? dead. Just the way that they both go limp and, like, their eyes all roll back. It's like, okay, yeah, they're done for. But they didn't do the slow zoom on the dead body, so that also kind of gives it away. Yeah. Well, I mean, Toka even says, like, as she's walking away, she's like, if you want to live, you're going to have to eat your own damn flesh. So she knew Mm -hmm. that she was alive. And then even after Toka splattered Nishiki, it was still just like, okay, he's still alive. He's he's come back to that later on, though. (laughs) You told me to go eat myself, and I did. It tastes pretty dang good. <laughs> I, I like that little drawback. That was that was actually and cool. He's like, come to find out, I'm tasty. I'm tasty. It was really funny. Uh, I, I like that. It made me laugh a lot. Same. Yeah, so the fight continues, and now Toka is a badass. Uh, with the almost dead Ishiki, uh, they manage to dismember Shu, incapacitate him. However, 
She is also going to kill Kimmy because it's too dangerous for human to know their secret. However, just as she's about to deliver the strike to kill Kimmy, the blindfold falls off her face and she sees her and she says, pretty. And then uh, she loses her nerve and runs off. Nishiki starts working at the cafe. That's exactly how that happened, by the way. What what does that mean? (laughs) Pretty. Uh, Nishiki starts working at the cafe and promises to stop killing. Toka, though, is feeling off because she couldn't kill Kimmy, and she's now like, I don't really know what, like, that was my rules, those are my rules, I'd kill any human that knew, and now I haven't, and she's now kind of feeling conflicted and doesn't really know where her moral ground is anymore. Hinami and her mom are also having an argument because their dad isn't responding, and she really wants to see him, but her mom won't let her because it's dangerous. And Jason is also, like, he's on his way to go collect his weapon from her dad, the doc, but the doves are also there. So he gets his weapon from the dock. The doves are there and they're hanging out. Crazy old dude with the eyes. Mr. Mana. Mr. Mana, thank you very much. Um, is there. Amon as well. And they fight Jason. But Jason is very quick to basically overpower them. Like they ain't got shit on Jason. Uh, he gives them like two minutes of his time. And then when those two minutes are up, he scoots himself off. But now so it's just left with the two doves in the dock. And the, the two doves are just like, okay, well, time to off the dock. And they kill him. And he's dead now. And then they also go, when they go into his office, they find out all of the baby stuff, all of the kid stuff for Hinami and all of her mom's stuff. And they're like, ah, we're going to use this to find Hinami and her mom so that we can hopefully catch another lead to find Jason. But at the same time, well, a little bit after, uh, Hinami and her mom decide that they're going to go out shopping before her dad's birthday present, not knowing that her dad is already dead. But when they're on the streets, they see a commotion going on and some guys like holding up flyers and stuff with all of the information that they now have on the two of them and they try and escape but they get cornered in a back alley Hinami's mom tells her to run and shields her as best as she can um and and Hinami runs away leaving her mom behind so sad Sadness. sadness episode seven captivity Hinami runs through the streets before she bumps into Kenaki, who asks where her mom is, and she points. And so they run back the way that they came towards the danger, because that's a fantastic idea. And when they arrive, they hide around the corner from the doves, and Kenaki can only cover Hinami's eyes as her mother is completely slaughtered. Toka hears about her death and promises revenge, although the others refuse to participate because they have to protect themselves. And they're just like, hey, if you go and you kill those doves, all they're going to do is send more government officials to replace them and increase them. And we're going to be in even more danger than we were in the first place. So sometimes we just have to cut our losses and just be like, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. Because if we instigate this, if we if we keep going with this, we're only going to put ourselves in more danger. And we don't have enough people to like have a full out war with these guys. <laughs> she accepts the responsibility and decides to head off on her own anyways. <laughs> Amon, who is one of the doves, he goes to the diner with two of the guys that held the rear whilst they were killing Hinami's mom. And we kind of learn a bit about him. We learn that he is a decent dude with a hero complex. Um, and he only sees ghouls as like killing machines. He doesn't realize that they're kind of this human, like they have their humanity as well. They're like people just with this need to eat humans. And he only sees them as like massive killing machines because that's all he's ever known them to be. And he kills them before he gives them a chance to be able to explain themselves. So we kind of learn a bit about him and you can relate to him a little bit more. And yeah, he's got a massive hero complex though. And as the three of them are walking out of the restaurant, Toka kills one of the dudes with glasses and Mado and Amon show up to fight her 
and Mato manages to kind of defeat her, sort of. Like, he's gonna kill her, but she gets away. And when she returns back to the cafe, the old man refuses to help her because she knew what she was getting herself into. They said that we're not gonna help you. She decided to go off on her own, so he's keeping that policy through and he's not gonna help her. However, Keneki... He says that he wants to help her because the old man kind of knows what's going on. But Keneki has, he hasn't yet decided for himself. He hasn't learnt for himself the way the world works yet. So he's like, I'm going to go with her. I'm going to hang out with her. I'm going to be best buds. I'm going to go. She's cute too. So that helps. And um, and they go. And they try and bait uh, Mado and Amon. But yeah, because Amon is like currently vowing for revenge. She was like, Glasses was a good dude and now he's dead. Uh, also, yeah, his eye patch look is already taken. Just saying, Amon. Like, you tried it with the eye patch thing for a while there. Already taken. Like, find a new look. Yeah. Um, we already have one eye patch in the show. We don't need another. Yeah, don't need another. Like, no, eye patch look is taken. But at least it was the opposite eye. That's true. That's true. They're not twinning. They're. Mirror twinning. And we, there's already a set of mirror twins, so we don't even need that either. Get a new look. Get your own shtick. Yeah, get your own shtick. Episode 8, Circular. Kadaki gets his mask. His mask is made. He gets it. That's fun. Uh, it's fucking cool. It's a sick mask. Love it. You've seen it anywhere if you've looked at any anime merch or you've ever been into Hot Topic. You've seen it. And yeah. Mado uh, sets a trap for Hinami by using her mother's scent to lure her. Kareki and Toka go after her and they end up finding her, but they end up getting split up and kind of paired one-to-one. Mado and Toka and Amon and Kaneki. And Kaneki is trying to figure out how to get both sides to understand each other because they're both fighting for the same reason, but they're like not even seeing each other's sides, but they're fighting for the exact same reason. Like they're fighting to protect their own and to avenge people that are close to them to have died, you know? And uh, Hinami is, she's okay. And she's being protected by Toka, um, who's getting really roughed up pretty bad by Mado. Mado has turned both Hinami's parents into weapons, which is funsies. Kaneki bites him on to get Rize to take over. And in doing so, he ends up having the strength to be able to break his weapon. But like, because of that, because Rize is now like in the forefront of his mind, he ends up losing control, so he's telling Amon to run away so that he won't eat him, and he's like, don't make me a killer, run. Which is very conflicting to Amon, because like I said before, he's a good dude with a hero complex. Like, he's just really misguided. Hinami had actually inherited both of her parents' abilities, so she's, like, cuts off an arm and a leg of Madoros. Like, sorry, price to pay, right? But she refuses to kill him because she's not out for revenge. So Toka kind of finishes him off. She gives him another blow. and then But he ends up dying of his injuries. So there's not like a blow that kills him. But she has the final blow. So I guess you could say she kills him. And then she kind of freaks out when she sees his wedding ring. Yomo's a badass. And just got like stabbed by uh, Kareki. And then it's just like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like... Not just stabbed. He got straight up Olaf'd yeah. by Kaneki. Yeah. Like, just straight Kaneki's impaled. Kaneki's just, like, blasted a hole through him, and he's just like, that's fine. Here, eat this yeah. food. You'll feel better. <laughs> Here, eat food. It's good. Here, have a Snickers. Yeah. You're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> Honestly, they should have put that in fucking Tokyo Ghoul in six minutes. I would have right? died. Here, have a Snickers. Yeah. Um, Amon's upset about Mano's death. I'm not. Not upset. I mean, it's like you get that he's a deranged maniac, at least up to this point. And then later on, you find out like he's really not that bad. Mm. I mean, you kind of get that after you notice the wedding band on his hand that Toka found. But like at this point, you're but like, fuck him, he's weird then. Like, 
I mean, he he's weird, but it's like once you see that he had a family and like he talked about like what had happened to his wife. Yeah. So you just get the impression that he's this way just because he got obviously his wife got taken from him by a ghoul. Mm-hmm. And then later on you see like how he was before that. Yeah. And you kind of start to feel sympathy for the man, even though he's long gone at this point. Yeah. Like, if we'd got those flashbacks beforehand, I probably would have felt bad then. Like, you probably would have felt a little bit of what Toka was feeling. Yeah. Still there. At this point, I was like, sucks to be you. Sorry. Don't feel anything. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 9, Birdcage. Mado and Anon have their backstory. We get to see that. Hinami acquires a bird. That's fun. Things are kind of going back to normal around the cafe. Hide is sussing shit out. Like, he is investigating big time. Kaneki talks to Itori about feeling like Rize kind of took over his body when he let her come forward. And he kind of had a memory skip and doesn't really know what happened when she was in the forefront of his mind. And she gives him a little bit of information on Rize, but she says she doesn't really know very much. Just that she was in the 11th ward before she came to the 20th. And the 11th ward is intense. Um, they're going through some shit. Kaneki gets pickpocketed by a Frankenstein dude. That's what I put him in when I first saw him. And Amon gets assigned to a special unit in the 11th Ward. In the 11th Ward, there seems to be the starting of a war between the investigators and the ghouls. And they're like really getting... It seems like there's an organized movement going on in the 11th Ward. Toka has a younger brother. That's fun. We learn about her backstory. Figure out some more about her. Um, Hide overhears Jason talking about hunting for Rize. So like he's learning all kinds of stuff. But like also he totally doesn't know that the guys at the cafe are ghouls. He knows. He knows. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, everyone's kind of looking for, for Rize. They're, like, people are, like, searching her out on ghoul side and investigator side. And they're all coming to the Google 20th ward to find her. They also, like, are aware of the cafe and the group that is there within them. Toka's brother is, like, a leader in, in an 11th ward gang, kind of. Like, he's a high-up dude. What? That's a thing. That is a yeah. thing. Kaneki and Toka are hanging out at work, talking about the 11th Ward situation. And the old man and Yomo are, uh, are gone to investigate when Banjo, a dude who's in love with Riza, uh, Riza, oh my god, names. It's Riza, but you've been calling her Riza. Riza. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm like, time. not even, my brain is like off. I'll get there eventually. I won't. You're fine. You can, can do, do it. it. Come back there. Um, Banjo and a dude, he's a dude that's in love with her, and Rize and he, and his goons, they break into the cafe, and Kideki knocks his weak ass out, and they talk. Turns out that there's a, a group called Trees of Aogiri, Aogiri? Aogiri Aogiri, Aogiri Tree, the Trees of Aogiri. And they have basically torn through the 11th Ward, and have taken out all of the devs there. The doves have evacuated all of the people in that district or are in the process of evacuating them. And Banjo tells them that they need to, like, prepare and get out. Like, he's not going to blame them if they run. Toka's younger brother, Ayato, joins the party. He's just like, hey, it's a fun time. And soon Jason also shows up. They beat the fuck out of... Really? Um, 
beats the shit out of Kaneki. Toka gets it easy. Yeah, no, Toka gets it so easy. She gets, like, thrown up against a wall, and then she just, like, sits there for the rest of the time. Whereas Kaneki is just, like, getting his face smashed into a counter for a hundred times. Yeah, Kaneki. Uh, this, this poor boy. Yeah. Apparently he's got, like, super-duper healing powers, though. Like, his, his ability to heal is, like, stronger than a lot of other ghouls. Mm-hmm. So there's that, too. And this is the first hint of it. And then more shit happens that makes it way worse. And, yeah, after he's had the absolute fudge beaten out of him, they stick him in a bag and kidnap him. Eto, uh, Frankenstein, he's working with the police. I thought he was a ghoul. Not a ghoul. He's a human that's just stitched up or maybe he's a ghoul but we don't know it yet i don't know don't don't take my silence for anything i was scratching my okay, nose sounds good um <laughs> like how you're looking to me for confirmation on i'm that just one. like i don't know but i have to watch and find out uh, i'm on is thinking mm-hmm. too hard he's got a brain that he tries too hard he's he tries to think but he's not the thinking kind what big brain yeah no. i don't think he's he's not the thinking kind his eyebrows are too strong to be able to think <laughs> I don't know, though. He did graduate top of his class, so he has a brain. But I feel like he's book smart, not common sense yeah. smart. And then he makes it so much pull-ups. So many. Yeah, he does a lot of pull-ups. He's, he's, he's very steamy. Yeah. So much chin-ups. I also thought that he didn't lower himself down enough was it, when he was doing those chin-ups. But, I mean, he's a tall boy. So maybe he was touching maybe the floor. he was just too close to yeah. the floor. Yeah. Okay, fair play. The cafe group gather to try and get Kaneki back, and yeah, they're all like, uh, so it's against the rules to go after people because it's going to put everyone in danger, but just kidding, I'm going to team up with you anyway. And they also recruit Shu, like Tsukiyama's there now, gourmet mm-hmm. dude. He's like, oh, just kidding, I'm still alive. And also, I'm going to be a good guy now, kind of. And I taste delicious. And I taste delicious. Episode 11, High Spirits. Tsukiyama <laughs> ate himself to grow back his arm. Uta is going to join the fight at two as well. He's joining two. Kaneki is being tortured by Jason, the same way Jason was, whilst he was under police custody. And we kind of get a bit of backstory on him and why he's as crazy as he is. Because they had him under police custody. They tortured him for a long period of time. And he created a, kind of an alternate personality to be able to defend himself. And, uh, and now he has like a shtick of kidnapping specific people and torturing them the same way that he was. And so that's what he's doing. Yeah, great time. Now all of the humans have been evacuated from the 11th Ward. Like, the battle is going to begin. We've got the Ward 11 army, we have the police force, and then we have the small group from the cafe that are going to try and infiltrate to get Kenneke out. Yeah, that's how that's going. Oh, yeah, also, uh, Mado left Amon a weapon in his will, so he's got that as well. Banjo is working kind of to try and free... Kaneki as best as he can and there's also a couple of a couple of other guys who are trying to help him cleaning him up and promising him that they're going to get him out um as well you don't really feel like that information is super relevant in this point but it is in the next episode yeah, yeah. and the fight begins he throws a badass and poor motorbike yeah that motorbike did not deserve yeah. that poor motorcycle mm-hmm. the cafe group infiltrate a mom finds the rabbit toka and chases after her, but gets intercepted by twin tails. <laughs> That's not true. Two guys who have the tail feathers that fight him. Um, I just called them twin tails on my nose. <clears throat> but he slices them to pieces because his sword splits in two. Toka fights her brother. They have a massive sibling rivalry thing going on. And the old man is secretly a one-eyed owl? What? Tsukiyama, Yomo, and uh, Uta are about to fight someone too, but you don't really get to see any of that. And Amon meets up with some more of his men 
and they get greeted by the one-eyed owl and a glimpse of the thing. You get a glimpse of the thing that you've been waiting for since the beginning because it's in the OP. You've seen all the merch. You know all of the things. You know that that's not how he looks. And at the very end of episode 11, you get a peek. You just see the white hair waving. You just get a peek at the white hair. And part of me wonders if that was actually meant to be there since it hadn't actually happened yet. And it's just like literally for a a second. second. So I wonder if they accidentally clipped it in there too early. I don't think so. I think it, I think the next episode is kind of a flashback. Well, yeah, the next episode definitely is a flashback. Maybe. Okay. So episode 12 is called Ghoul and it's just an entire episode showing torture. That's it. Oh, it doesn't explain anything. Yeah, it's just Kaneki getting tortured the entire time. Yeah, it doesn't explain anything. You don't get to see the rest of the battle. The way that it ends in episode 11 with everyone paused in their fights, who's about to start fighting who, who's already fighting who, um, the conversations is happening. Everything is paused at that point. Episode 12, you just get the torture that he endured. You get the multiple days of, I think it's three days of torture. I'm not entirely sure, though. Seven days. Because it's stated that there's... Like, they have a week, a week? to plan everything out, because it was going to be a week before the raid. Right. Okay. Because they were going to give all the civilians a week to evacuate. So Kaneki was having his fingers and toes torn off repeatedly for a yeah. week. Yeah, he regrows them, they cut them off. Um, and throughout this entire <laughs> Although time... they did screw up one little detail that I noticed this time yeah. through. They showed his skin being mm-hmm. tattered on his toes. Mm-hmm but not on his fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that too. It, his wrists were tattered, which made me think that, because although he's wearing chains, um, it made me wonder if he had his hands curved. But yeah. Well, the way his wrists were tattered, his ankles were Yeah, as so well. it's just the chains. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the chain wear and tear from where he's been struggling against yeah, those. Yeah, I did notice that as well. Lovely. I was also kind of yeah. hoping that that would stay. Like, that would be really cool if that was part of his character design. It would suck for them to have to animate every time. But like, that would also be really cool was anime design it's like his... yeah i don't feel like it would suck to animate it like that all the time yeah because i mean with his outfit design going forward it's not like you constantly see his wrists mm-hmm. true i i would like i thought it was cool but they also shove a chinese centipede in his ear um and also throughout the entire time he's also being spoken to by Rize. uh he's having like a load of memory flashbacks as well so you get to kind of see more of his childhood um him being manipulated his brain also just breaking his uh, psyche being completely broken down destroyed because of a week long of torture he's having to count back by seven seconds uh and uh you find out more about that in the beginning of season two so i'm not gonna spoil anything about that and um also to the couple there's a couple of people like a male and female couple that were looking after him cleaning his body mopping up the blood in the room that kind of stuff and they were also promising that they were going to help try and get him out of there and stuff and at one point jason had him choose who was going to live out of the couple and he refused to choose he couldn't choose and so jason killed both of them funsies and then it's also him and his brain going through the fact that he's to blame for it because he wasn't strong enough he couldn't make a decision and because he couldn't make a decision and he was weak both of them died when if he had made a decision they wouldn't have because his mindset is changing however i also feel like jason would have killed the one that he chose anyway agreed because he told kaneki he's like look it's not your body that i'm trying to break it's your Mm -hmm. mind so he's like pick one and i'll spare them 
But I guarantee you, whoever he picked would have been spared. They would have been killed. Yeah, same. And then, yeah, he was almost devoured. He, Jason almost, like, had a good chomp on him. But um, he had a hair color change. And everybody knows in anime, if you change your hair color, you level up. That's how that works. That is how that works. But yeah, so he, he lost his humanity now and has a fun time with Jason. And I just love how, like, the second Kaneki gets up, the OP starts playing through that entire, like, just scene. Yeah. Like, anytime an OP plays at the end of a season, you know shit's about to get real. Yeah, 100%. And I loved it. I loved it so much. Yeah. It was super good. Ending was super good. Obviously good enough to make you start season two, even though we have no intentions of covering it right now. Yeah, I did start season two, though. It was the, the way that it left off was super cool. So, what do you rate it? I am giving it an 8 out of 10. Okay. I don't know why I'm not giving it those other two points. I just feel like an 8 out of 10 is a solid score. What about you? The way you were talking about it, I figured you would have given it a 9. Yeah. I didn't figure you'd give it a 10, because it's not perfect. It's not perfect. I don't know why 8 in my head is like, you know, when I'm thinking of a score, I was like, 8. And it, I'm really solid on that, too. I'm not, like, feeling like I should change it. Um, I don't know what's holding me back from giving it the 9. Um, yeah, I really don't know what's holding me back from giving it the 9. I just feel like it's a solid 8. You think part of that could be, too, because you've already started into the second season? So you know how it ends instead of just having that badass cliffhanger of an no, ending? No, because I was thinking eight when I left it. Mm-hmm. When I watched the last episode. Because I like when you watch the last episode, I, I don't know about you, but like you kind of start thinking about how you're feeling about it, reviewing it and stuff. And I was at an eight then too. And I was uh, and I started, when I sat down to record this, I was still at an eight. And I was wondering whether or not it was going to change. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm at a solid eight all the way through. Mm-hmm. What about you? I'd say eight and a yeah. half. And reason being... Because episodes 1 through 11, I give a 7. But episode 12, it gets a 10. Really? That's interesting. Because it's such an iconic moment in anime. Like, that is one of the, if not the best, character changes in anime. Mm -hmm. And it's so well done. It's a true character shift. And also, it just ticks all the boxes. Like, it has, like, as far as a perfect episode goes... It has everything you could want out of an episode. So for me, the last episode gets a solid 10, like hands down. Mm -hmm. Plus you play me the whole OP for Unravel, you automatically get a 10 just Mm -hmm. for that. But no, it just, it ticks all the boxes and it's what you've wanted throughout the entire show. You want our main character to stop being a snivelly, whiny little bitch. Yeah. And to actually be a man. And here it is. And so it, they did it in a way to where it made sense. The character motivation, all of it was phenomenal. Like, it's that last episode of storytelling at its peak. It gets a 10. So therefore, you put the two together, eight and a half. That makes sense. I... If it were my first time watching it, I probably would have rated it a bit higher. Like you, maybe like an eight or so. Yeah. But it's just, watching it through this time, it, it was hard to sit through because of Kaneki's constant whining. And I knew it was going to be constant whining, so it kind of got on my nerves a little mm-hmm. bit. But it was awesome to sit back and rewatch it after, you know, taking so long off from yeah. it. But it also didn't help watching it after Dead Man Wonderland, which is also a lot of whining and sniveling. Yeah, I don't know that I found him whining, but I guess it's just because, I don't know, maybe it's just as a first as a first watch through. Like, people don't find him as whiny as you would do if you watched it a second time. Because I didn't find him particularly whiny. I found him naive. 
but then that's expected of mm-hmm. his character. But like, yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought the action scenes were super entertaining. I didn't feel like they went on for too long because mm-hmm. sometimes I find that action scenes go on for so long that you just kind of zone out. Is that just me? Honestly, I could have went for an entire episode of Kaneki and Jason fighting instead of it taking place in the span of like three or four minutes. Yeah. Like, I would have loved for them to have drawn that out, because I think that could have been a badass fight. Like, Kaneki just finally getting used to his powers and everything. Uh, I don't know, I think that- And it would have been- I feel like that would have maybe taken some of the magic away from the immediate establishment of Kaneki having intense strength. Well, I think it could have been like an added- It could have been an added storytelling bonus, because you get that visual of Kaneki, like, eating Rize to kind of, like, let her take over, in essence. But then it could have given an extra dimension to his character as well. Like, if during the fight, Kaneki's just like, I'm stronger, but I'm not as strong as I can possibly be. And then Risei's just like, you gotta let me have full control. Like, you need to fully give in right. to the dark side and then just full snap. Yeah, okay. Because, like, it's a phenomenal turn. Don't get me wrong. Like, his character does, like... 175 not a full 180 or he does like maybe more than a full 180 like he went from being whiny and snivelly to sadistic yeah and i feel like it was almost too much too quickly but i feel like that's also part of the reason why they gave you jason's backstory as well just so like kaneki snapping made sense but it also seems like he went too sadistic for the conversation that he had with rize as well being like you know whoever gets in my way I'm going to stop them and I'm not going to show any mercy, but also you can't have full control. Yeah. So I feel like it took it a bit too far instead of like what they were going for. I don't know. I don't know how I, I would feel if you changed it to have it being a, a really long fight. Mm hmm. Because I feel. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like there could have been. I feel like there's such a I just feel like something though. was missing. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a 10 of an episode, it still feels like as a whole. Because of the drastic shift in character, and again, this also may be me having seen through Root and Re knowing everything that I know, so it just feels like something just isn't there. Yeah. I just feel like- but, I don't know. Because it's such a statement to just be like, oh yeah, he wakes up with white hair and then one of the guys, like, that Mado couldn't take down, like, he's such an intense dude that, like, the best of the best was struggling with him. and. Kaneki wakes up and just takes him down so easy, you know? There's something about that that's just Mm. so satisfying. But it's also then you're elevating the level of ability because then when you compare Mm -hmm. him to other people who previously weren't super strong and now they're on equal grounds, it makes Jason look really weak. So having drawn out Mm -hmm. the fight would probably level out the plague field more. Mm -hmm. So I understand that point as well. Inflation. (laughs) basically though right i mean yeah it's just one of those things where it's like less is more except whenever something is missing then less truly isn't more i don't know though still that last episode's phenomenal i absolutely love it this is just my critical brain kicking in all of a sudden yeah i i'm still trying to put my finger on what it is specifically that is holding me back from giving it a higher score and i really don't know so maybe i should give it a higher score well, no, it could just be because it didn't have that wow, like just full wow factor to it. Like it was really good, but it didn't have anything there to just truly push it over the edge into the greatness category of numbers. 
Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe it's just that we've been watching a bunch of horrors recently, and so it feels kind of normal. <laughs> Is that bad to say? Maybe. Like, it feels kind of normal. Well, I mean, I feel like if we hadn't watched The Promised Neverland, then it wouldn't have felt so normal. But whenever you put The Promised Neverland right here with this one, it's just like, okay, they all just seem relatively tame compared to one another. They're not tame compared to everything else that we've watched. But you lump horror anime together and they all together just seem tame. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Agreed. I feel like that's, yeah, I feel like that's what's holding me back, maybe. I would be interested to hear what my opinion would be if I hadn't just watched a bunch of horror. You know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it feels... It feels Too bad we'll never actually get I'll an answer to that. I'll never get an answer to that. I'll never know. But it feels kind of ordinary. That's that's where I'm leaving it. Mm-hmm. That's the, the last two points I'm not putting on there because they feel kind of ordinary. The character design, though. I'm going to keep going on about this, though. Character design. Fantastic. Freaking love that. I know that's not necessarily anime because the manga had already, like, established that. But love that. That's so cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're so cool. So many different characters that are in the in the show that are like super interesting. Oh yeah, they're all unique and they all have their own stories and nothing feels repetitive with any yeah. of it. So it's definitely something to be yeah. appreciated about visuals. the show for yeah. sure. I think that wraps up everything. Like I don't have anything else to add to that. I feel like we got out our rants and raves and praises. Yeah. Anything else to add? I don't think so. Plugs. Plugs. You can find the absolutely lovely Blue Lavender on Twitch Monday through Saturday, except for Wednesdays and Thursdays with her arts and other fancy schmancy stuff that she does at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. She also has an Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM where she posts stream updates and also photos of stuff and art and things. Yeah. And she also runs an adorable Instagram for Tilly at the best Tilly Bean. I do. That is a thing. I do run that Instagram. If you like my co-host Brad, you can find him on Twitch at Brad Cutter Gaming. He's actually been streaming more than I have recently because I have been taking a break due to family things. Yeah, he has been streaming. He's doing horror-y stuff for October. It's a fun time. Um, so if you like him, you can find him over there. You can also find him on Instagram at Brad Carter Gaming, same as Twitch. Um, and he posts pictures of stuff on there as well. He also runs our Twitter and Instagram for our podcast, which is at BNB Anime on both. Um, I feel like I always say BNB Anime, and it's I say it too quickly for you to know whether it's an and or an N. It's an N, BNB Anime. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're on Twitter and Instagram with it too. Um, we post updates on there, some fun memes. It's a good time. We also have a website. If you want to put a face to the name or you want to find out more about us, who we are as people, our art, because we've both mentioned several times that we do art stuff. You can see some pictures of our art on our website. We also have some fun friends of the podcast and stuff like that on the website, as well as our entire archive of all of our previous episodes. So if you are just joining us or you joined us a couple of episodes ago and you haven't listened to our entire archive and you haven't heard us be super awkward in our first daily episodes, I (laughs) recommend, (laughs) please give us some leeway on those early episodes, that you go and check those out. Uh, If you, yeah, if you're on uh, the website, you can also find them on whatever listening platform that is like most, uh, you know, common, the Apple ones, the Spotify's, um, and on the YouTubes as well, where we also have all of our previous episodes, a full, fun, fresh archive 
with some fancy old thumbnails. And like I said previously in this episode, if you have any ideas for us, shows that we should cover, themes that we should have for the month, things like that, hit us up in those DMs or in the comment section on our YouTube videos. We love to hear from you guys. We want to know. We want to we wanna know what all that's about. Now, this is a very special time within the podcast as well, because with Halloween coming up, and also we have a very special drop coming up next week with the My Hero Academia film dropping on Tuesday. And so in the best interest of getting our thoughts out there to y'all as quickly as possible, we will actually be dropping a special episode on Wednesday. Yeah. Talking about the My Hero film, because I was really pissed that I wasn't able to go see it in theaters because of work. So sad. So I'm so very excited to actually have this platform to be able to sit down and discuss with Blue one of my favorite animes and the film that is coming out because I'm so excited. I am such a big fan of my hero, especially the dub, because Chris Sabat as All Might is just awesome. Chris Sabat's so good. I'm fangirling, but I don't care. Do not care about the fangirling. Nope. And then also, with next week also being a special week because of Halloween, Dead Man Wonderland will also be releasing on Halloween instead of the standard Sunday. Yeah. So, you'll be getting Dead Man Wonderland a day early. However, with us releasing three episodes within the span of a week, we will be taking Sunday, November 1st off. Yeah. So, we had a little so, bit of a strange schedule, but um, uh, you guys were the ones who decided on our strange schedule over on our Instagram, where we put up a poll for you guys to decide when we were going to release the Dead Man Wonderland episode, which is the missing episode. Um, from last week uh, because yeah some family stuff came up and I couldn't make it to the recording so the first missed week since we started the podcast but we're making it up to you by giving you extra content extra content next week so look forward to that but schedule will go back to normal on Blue's birthday November 8th my birthday with free also with the beginning of sports month yeah starting sports month in November super duper exciting yeah, so... I'm not, because if free bombs, I'm ready to cancel oh, Sports Month. Sports Month. You'll like free. You'll like free. <laughs> I hope. I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> you, you, you'd better hope, hope so, because so. if it turns into another well, dive, I'm canceling no, Sports don't Month. No, do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite horror anime? That's what I want to know. Let us know somewhere. Tell us about it. Wherever you're listening. Yeah. By all means, horror, psychological thriller, anything yeah. like that. If it is not anything that we have covered, we will definitely take your suggestions for next yeah. year. What's your favorite spooky because anime? Because having a themed month for February and October is definitely a regular occurrence. Because if there are two running genres in anime, there's always romance and yeah. horror. So therefore, I feel like that is two very solid months to set for stuff like that because it just it kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they're going to run out of those. Definitely not because I swear at least every season we have at least one romance or rom-com dropping. It's a uh, it's kind of yeah. a thing. So leave us suggestions because mm-hmm. we will definitely yeah. take them. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week you have multiple episodes to look forward to with the My Hero Academia film Heroes Rising and Dead Man Wonderland. So until then, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.